live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Spare Notes series with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and William Cooper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Spare Notes series. My name is Matt Tobacco from SpokenTobacco.com. I am fucking fired up. I'm just going to come right out of the gate and say it. I am really fucking fired up tonight because we're going to talk La Flor Dominicana. There is a lot to talk about on that. So shout out to all of my LFD peeps. I love you all very much. And I am joined once again by one of my good friends in this industry who I love very, very much, Mr. William Cooper of Cigar-Coop.com, still wearing his United Cigars hat from KMA this morning. He's a trooper. I bet you he's been sitting at this desk all day, just ready to go for spare notes. I know you've had a long day. Coop, how are you doing? Hey, Matt. You know, it's actually kind of accurate. Um, I'm trying to get the, the PCA coverage done, uh, the rollout. So I had about I had five more companies. I worked on everything this afternoon. Uh, so basically, I did KMA, worked on that, did jukebox, ate dinner, and then came back here. So uh, it's pretty much I've been in, in the Perdomo Cigar Studios Red Stage all day. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I expected no less from you. Uh, you're a trooper, dude. I mean, you <laughs> not, I don't think there's a lot of people out there who, who, you know, probably watch the show and, you know, Cigar Coop and Primetime, but they, a lot of you guys don't know how much work Coop puts in behind the scenes. Uh, I do because I've seen it. Uh, this guy doesn't sleep, just so you know. I mean, he, he's, he's a trooper. I mean, he's got his regular job, too, that he's very invested in. He's got all of his cigar coop stuff. I mean, this guy just don't quit. Coop, that's why I love you, buddy. No, thank you. You know, I got to give I gotta give a shout-out to, to the other guys on my team. like, uh, And the guy who really had to put a lot of work in after. I mean, everyone put a lot of work in during the show. Ben Lee's the guy who has to do a lot of the after-work editing of the videos. And he, you know... It, half a terabyte of data to go through um, is half a terabyte, no matter how you look at it. So um, now I, I'm the guy who kind of puts the video, the audio, the pictures, and the words together. And that's what that's why ours is rolled out slowly, because there's a lot of content that we put in there. But, you know, you don't want this to go. One year it went past Labor Day, and I can't have that happen. So it has to get done in the next three. It will get done in the next. We have five more. We'll roll those out in the next three days, and we'll be we'll be there'll be a little there'll be some fill-ins and uh, some reports on the companies that didn't go to the trade show, and then that will you know wrap it up. But I'll be back into my normal cycle after these five are done. Yeah, I sh I'm a little bit more behind you, but I should be caught up by the end of next week too. Um, so I'm kind of in the same boat too. So we're getting there. But I want to dive right into this. So in front of me, uh, I have five cigars. Uh, uh -huh. These are the five cigars from the Tour de Mundo pack from La Flor Dominicana. And that's them right there from the Gourmet, right. from the gourmet Smoke Sessions. There they are. Uh -huh. So I'm trying to decide what I should smoke first. Now, there's the Suave. There's the 94. Uh, there's an LG 2015. I have a Chapter 1. And I have a chisel, uh, an Airbender chisel. Uh, I'm really feeling the LG. Uh, it was Well, you, great minds think alike. That would be the one I would have gone to first. So yep, I, I think, absolutely. I think that's where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. You uh, can't go MG. wrong with any of those cigars, though, either. I mean, oh. they're really five, they're five solid, solid <sighs> picks by LaFleur. They're hot. Uh, they're hot cigars, man. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. I'm lighting, I'm lighting up a, a, the upper Desvalido Diesel, which was launched at the trade show. Um, this is a big double Corona. So this is a big sucker. I figured we're gonna need this one tonight. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, Dapper is a company that. 
they're more they've been more of a West Coast company, I'd say, but they're starting to push their way east more. Uh, we've I think you've had have you had him on the show? Spinners? No. No, I've been uh, I've been I've been meaning to get in touch with uh, with yeah. Ian, and I have not yet. So I am one of our favorite guests. Um, and and what I'll say about him is, we've had him on three times, and and I tell you what, he's so flexible. And, and one time I needed a fill-in guest, right? And he was on vacation, so he never got back to me. Which was, I figured something was going on, but he never gets back to me. And he got back that day, and uh, he said I could do the show tonight. And I'm like, well, don't worry, man. We 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 did fill someone in. Um, <laughs> He was, but I said I got a I got a slot open in three weeks. Can you do it? And he's like, yeah. So that's the kind of guy he is. A super nice guy, and he's really. Our team has been very impressed with the cigars um, that he's done. So I mean, there's a good product behind it. He's working on. This is the same factory that makes Saka's uh, Mi Corita line. So the mm. Noxa factory he works with. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I. Sorry, I'm getting that echo, and I'm not sure where that's coming from. I'm not hearing an echo. I am. That is weird. It can't be me. I only have one. He I only have one mic set up. Set up, and I don't think I'm drawing off the computer. It's weird. Um, hmm. it's not that bad. That? It's not that bad. You're tapping. I, You're tapping. I do. It, it's probably me. Yeah, oh, I think it's you. Let me see what I could do here. Matt Ty says I hear it too. Anyway, while Coop uh, tries to figure that out, I'm gonna let him do that. Um, I'm gonna start us off with our first topic. So I'm. Well, first of all, I have to mention, obviously, uh, cutting and lighting tonight with Cigar Blondie accessories. Shout out to Cigar Blondie for always providing us with the best cutters and lighters and accessories on the Spare Notes and the Smoke and Tobacco Show. I'm going to light my LG up with that signature Blade Flame. I don't know if you guys can see that. It's pretty cool. Um, so CigarBlondieAccessories.com. Go and check them out. So, Coop, since the last time we met, um, I went down to Florida. I had another uh, tour of the SoFlow back up into central Florida. Um, I went down for the kickoff of the La Florida Dominicana Golden NFT launch event with Carney, Tony Gomez, and Lito Gomez Jr. Uh, that's right. There's another Lito Gomez now. He's pretty cool, so check him out. He has a cigar coming out this year. Um I mean, I think he's watching tonight too. So there's a there's your plug, there's your shout out. Soulless is coming out soon. Um, no, so it was an awesome event. That was that was the first day that the first NFT went live. So it was the kickoff party. Since then, they are now in the middle of the fifth NFT. So the first four have been sold. Um, I I I want to say that going into this, I think a lot of people were very skeptical. They didn't really understand. I think there's a lot of people who still don't really un understand NFTs. And then I think the people who kind of do, they, I don't think they fully understood what La Florida Dominicana was doing with theirs. I don't know if they realized that the allotment of the cigars to be purchased after was part of that. I don't know if they just thought it was the actual NFT that most people just say, oh, it's just some digital thing. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Um but then the first one sold for $85,000, and I think it got people's attention and enough where I think the people who either didn't understand or were on the fence like was like, all right, I got to read into this. I don't understand. Um, you know, John and I, I mean, I was with John for a few days after that. You know, people kept calling and asking. I was like, all right, so can you explain this to me? So before, I think it was like finally people were starting to understand like, okay, so this thing went for big money. Like what exactly? And now that people know exactly what's involved, I think people are like, oh, shit, this is legit. So... Um, first one sold for eighty-five thousand. The second one sold for seventy-eight thousand, and then the third and fourth both sold for ninety thousand. Um, as of this afternoon, I haven't checked right this minute, uh, but as 
this afternoon, the fifth one was already up to $77,777 by Matul Shah. Um, and that one will end tomorrow at noon. So, yeah, pretty big stuff. It's it very exciting. Um, Coop, I, I know you've been watching this. I know that I, I saw you start to cover this a little bit more. Um, everyone who's been following me knows I've been covering this and, and how I feel about it. I want to hear what you have to say about this first because I'm just excited about it. And I got to hear what, what, what uh, Cigar Coop has to say. I, I guess so. And don't be know, shy. I'm, I'm, if you got some no, hate, throw it. No, no, <laughs> don't. This is where I don't like when if you express an opinion, it's hate, which it's not, right? Because I think this is a great thing for Florida Americana, and I love what's happened and the excitement this has created. My, I am not into the whole NFT thing. Um, and you could chalk it up to I don't understand it is fine. That that. However, you can't argue. This has absolutely been a successful Florida Americana. Hundred percent. Okay. Um, and, and I have some questions I'm going to ask you, cause you may know the answers to this, right? But, but, um, and I want to get into, we'll get into a little more, but I think this is more of an exercise in my opinion about the NFT as opposed to the cigars. I think this is more about getting that NFT and the value of that NFT. I don't think this is about like paying 85 to $90,000 to get an, to get an Andalusian bull golden bull. I, I don't think that this is what's happening here. Really? I think that's a. I think this is about the value of the NFT, wouldn't you say so? I mean, true. I, I think that's part of it. Um, you know, a lot of people have been getting into NFTs recently. Um, a lot of people remember that United Cigar last year, was it last year? They did their Atabay Black NFT, which was just the the digital artwork Yep. for the most part. I think a lot of people saw that and was like, okay. And I think, you know, the Gomez's and, and Tony, really, I mean, a lot of this was really on Tony Gomez. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it, it was it was like, a, well, what, what can we do with this NFT thing, but actually bring more value to it and, and, and give people something more than just this digital file, right? Um, they had the they had the Toritos Andalusian Bull, which is now the golden NFT um, so Andalusian Bull. Uh, that that Tony had made, and 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 anyone who 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 talked to Tony or saw Tony maybe on some shows or whatever, they they noticed that he was smoking the small size of the Andalusian Bowl, and people would ask like, oh, how do we get that little size? And you know, it was like it was kind of Tony's thing. It was something he was working on, so it wasn't really available because um, it was something they were still kind of experimenting with. And then he, you know, in a nutshell, and this is a bigger story, but in a nutshell, you know, it was, hey, like. Tony saw this NFT thing. He started to research it, and he's like, well, I want to do something special with that cigar, and I just don't really know what I want to do. And the NFT thing came up. It was kind of like, okay, here's an opportunity to do something really special. I can do it with this cigar, and um, it, it gives you something more tangible, and it creates more of a value and more of a long-term thing than just like the NFT. Mm -hmm. and get the I artwork. agree. So, yeah, I mean, is it about really inflating the value of the, of the digital artwork part of it? I would say I wouldn't say no definitely not but i don't think that it's the primary focus by having those other things in the nft uh package um just kind of based on the way i've been watching the retailers who are going after this uh, and hearing what some of them are saying i i think people are just very interested in this some um, insider baseball yeah they're looking for people who are acquiring these i can tell you are looking for investors mm, 100%, i know that yeah yeah so i mean that's that's that was the first, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. By the way, that's this is part of the game. Here's my primary and question. For I you. don't mean to interrupt you, but right. the the owner of NFT number one and two, 
Alexander Martinez is here. He just chimed into the show. Alex, congratulations. Yep. Congratulations, yep. and welcome to yep. the show. Here, anyway, sorry, Coop, go ahead. <laughs> here's my question to you, okay? Is Lef So they put something out there in the blockchain, LaFleur, right? Yes. Do they... How do they do they just put it out there? Is there something that they pay into this that sets something? That's the part I'm I'm a little confused about. Uh that part of it I I don't really know, to be honest with you. Um I, I'm Tony probably knows that. I and I haven't really talked to Tony about that. We've been more more or less kind of talking about more on the surface stuff lately. Um I can I can certainly find out from you. Okay. Ask that question uh, again. Sorry, just say that again. So, so to put this thing out there in the blockchain, like it ha Florida Minicon is the initiator, right? Do they what is? Do they pay something to do that? Is there money behind it? I mean, they're just not throwing a digital art picture and saying I'm charging like thirty six thousand dollars, you know, for it. That that doesn't seem. So you want to be more behind? So you so you want to know if if they have to pay. To have the NFT exist, like in the blockchain, is that what you're saying? Yeah, and is there money behind it? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, you mean other than the money that people pay to acquire it? Right, right. Is there money that, like, do they have a cost? And like, so let's say it's ninety thousand dollars. Does the floor pay X number of dollars to like initiate this thing? I'm assuming there's some costs with the system they're using, but but is there is there more? Is there something behind it? Is the question? Okay. Yeah, you know what? I can. Um I can certainly find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I'm coming at this from a novice. I, I am not an expert on NFTs. I am not by any means. So, and I'm not gonna be ever an expert on NFTs. But what I will say is, what I kind of looked at this. If we want to get this from the cigar end of things, it kind of reminded me of a personal seat license for having football tickets, right? Right. So you buy the personal seat license, which is the NFT. And then that gives you access to your um, your cigars. You know, to buy those, like you buy tickets for the games. You buy tickets. You buy cigars in this case. So I kind of looked at it like that. And then they throw in the the humidor, which I think the humidors is going to be very interesting to see if they're resold. Because mm -hmm. I think, especially humidor number one, I'm thinking it's going to have some value on that, right? Well, um, number one, I think going in, everyone was like, well, number one is like, you know. That's going to be the, the first of anything, right? It's like right, right. It's like when the new like special cars come out, right? You want to have serial number number one, you know? It's sure. Like that, that's yeah. serial number one, like, and then after that, the rest are, you know, they're yeah. still valuable, but number one, yeah, I I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's, I think like, part of me just thinks like, hey, if you resell that, like, and I don't know what Alexander's going to do, and that's certainly his business on that, not mine, but maybe if anyone buys, you know, one of these NFTs. If they sell that human, the human I can imagine has some significant value to it. There's just because there's only seven of them in the world that are going to be made. I imagine you could recoup some of the money that you put back in right away. I don't think you're going to recruit eighty-five thousand um, dollars by any means, but um, you know you may be able to recoup some of it. And um, you know the, the second question is: Will the demand? You know, then you can get into up. a price. What? Like keep up? Yeah. I know like, it, it is a it is a serious question. I mean, I, yeah. I, obviously, out of the gate, everyone's going to want it, but then you, more or less, like you know, three years down the line, are people still going to be wanting them at at high inflated prices? Right. True. That's exactly where I'm going with that. But you know, it's like when the Padron 50th anniversaries came out, 
they started going for a hundred dollars over doing a cigar, right? Guess what? I was one dollars, right? But they're not a hundred dollars now. Um, and most of that was because they were incorporating the price of the humidor into that cigar. So I imagine, you know, if these are resold, I don't know if they're going to be resold or not. You know, it's possible someone may just want them to keep these cigars. That's again, that's the that's the owner's choice who who's, who's spending a lot more money than I'm spending. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's certainly their choice what they want to do on that. Um, but look at look at the yeah, but you know, so I, I I think that's there's a whole. What what I like about this is it's, it's put cigars into the whole collectible high end collectible uh, auction world, mm-hmm. which is really really cool to see that right. This is really good for our industry, and it's good for Lafleur is doing this. Good for the people bidding and winning on this. It's it, cigars are a luxury product, and I think this is how cigars should be presented. Into, you know, and so I, I, like I, said, I, I look at this as a very. I made my questions on NFTs, but that's okay. I, I look at the program. I'm like, this program is an enormous success. Um, is what I'll say. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I look. I, I I know that there's still a lot of questions surrounding this, and I, I think in time a lot of those w- will get answered. Um, but yeah, no, it has been successful. Look at the surface. LFD has already sold four of them. Um, the last two sold for ninety thousand. The fifth one's already at seventy-seven thousand. And I'm sure as we continue to get towards the end, they're going to just keep going up in value. So at the end of the day, and I don't think Lafleur Dominicana did this as like a quick cash grab, so to right. speak. I mean they. People can say that, but I don't think that's what it did. This, there's, there's a lot that went into this project, and for them, it continues after these auctions are over by, you know, continuing to the support of, you know, these cigars. So, uh, but right off the bat, you know, yeah, they make out pretty good. So this has been, business-wise, this has been successful for them. They're already <laughs> yeah. three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the bank, and they still got, you know, five, six, seven. They got four more to go. So I mean. And and who knows? I I, I I truly believe at least one of them, if not two, are gonna are gonna crack a hundred thousand dollars before this is over. I'm I'm surprised retailers aren't basically forming a coalition and getting in on this and kind of splitting it. I mean, I'm, that's what I'm surprised at. You get three or four retailers in there, suddenly you can you can outbid a single person. I mean, I, that's that's what I would see on this. And then you know what? You figure out who gets the cigars later on. And then you have this NFT thing that your partner's in. To me, that that would seem like the best thing to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have heard, I'm not going to reveal any names or say who or anything like that, but I, I know of a handful of retailers who are partnering up on the on Okay, bidding. so that, it makes, that makes a lot of sense. I there mean, that's are. what I would say. There are some who have who've yeah. partnered up. I, right. I know of some people who are trying to pool money together to, to win these and split them. Now, yeah. um, I don't know if that's the case with, Alex Martinez, I don't, I, I'm, I don't know, and he's, and he's welcome to share. If, if not, that's, it's not, it's not of our business. But I, I it's think, not of our business, right? Yeah. I, but I think, um, and again, he doesn't have to share this, but I think he's in this by himself. Um, so good for him. He's got, he's got two allotments now. He's getting 140, yeah. 140 of these a month now, just, yeah. just already, and he's continued yeah. to bid. He bid on uh, number three and number four, so I'm pretty sure he still wants another one. So I mean, if he gets one more, I mean, that's a lot of cigars every month. And you control the market that way. Especially you own half of them. So the other thing to remember too, so Alex owns NFT one and two. The third one went to a private buyer. We don't know who it is, but I, I was told that it's a private buyer who is remaining anonymous. So that's that's that. So I don't I don't think it's a retailer. So that means that that person is just gonna have those cigars for himself um, every month, and that's it. 
the th uh, fourth one, rather, sorry, went to uh, Jack Schwartz Importers in Chicago. So big LFD shop. Yeah, yeah big LFD shop, and you know that's a shop that definitely should should have yeah. one too. Yeah. Um, and so Alex says correct. So, uh, yeah. So he he he's in all of this by himself. So good for him, dude. That's, yeah. That's awesome. And here's what I'll here's what I'll say about Alex. His store, Main Street Cigars in Woodbridge, New Jersey. I'm gonna give him a plug here. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I haven't been up there since 2019, and that's because of COVID. Mm -hmm. But absolutely, the store, the one store I will go to in New Jersey every time will be Alex's store. That that store is a great store. It's right in downtown Woodbridge. Um, and what's great is it's a hop, skip, and a jump from Staten Island where my mom lives. So, um, I I, I haven't been. I, I wish I've been up there since then. But COVID obviously has made a lot of things challenging for that. No, I understand that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I, I have to say, it, it's pretty impressive. You know, I I expected to see a lot of yep. like other big name retailers like I, unless they bid we just didn't know but i i was expecting to see some other major retailers like going for this at the end and i i, I don't think they were there just based on the, the the names and some of them are in the discord chat there's an lfd discord chat uh so i, th I think almost everyone's in there so and so ca people kind of know if you're in the discord you kind of know like who's bidding there's a few unknowns like the the winner of nft number three was the nbe rr um, that is an unknown. We don't know who that person is. Yep. Um, yep. Other than that, we we kind of we kind of know almost everyone who's bid, and I I haven't seen like Corona, um, smoke in, and, and maybe they well, don't want to go for it. But I'm surprised. But it's such a so. But yeah, but it's such a small amount of volume for those guys, though. That's what I kind of keep going back to too. Like like Jeff, yes, he focuses on those high end luxury items, but if he's only getting seventy cigars a month. Is that worth him for his business to make that type of investment? That's my question. Or does is it more valuable for a smaller store to kind of say, you know what, I'm on the map now. Look what I have secured the rights to this thing. It's going to put my store on the map. I, I kind of can see why a smaller store would do it um, unless, like, Jeff's got disposable money to do this. You know what I mean? It's true. I mean, there's a lot and of he factors. just wants bragging rights. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's a great opportunity for a small store to have this because look, think about that. That's a great – That's a great, and you're going to have that for life. That's true. A, as well, you own that, yeah. I mean, it, it's great for Alex. You know, he's obviously on on the smaller end of shops. He's got two of them going for three, probably. Uh, so yeah, that's huge for him. Jack Schwartz, big LFD retailer. Uh, them having one makes sense. They they had their own LFD uh, Andalusian Bull last year for the hundredth anniversary. That was unbelievable. That it, I say this, the Andalusian Bull I think smokes better in the non figurado shape. Bruce forever. Uh, I, yeah, they had the, they had the Toro one. Uh, it was really good. The hundreds one. I had that. Yeah. So I mean, technically, there's three sizes of the Andalusian bull that exist, but the I've Jack heard Schwartz a fourth one. Or fifth. Yeah. The 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 Jack Schwartz one was, from what I said, that was a one-time run, and that was a store exclusive. So technically, it does exist, but I don't think you're gonna see it again. I think that was a one-time run. Um, what I will tell you now, what's interesting is before this even started, when the when the story first broke, um. Tony had said, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to have this size, and that's it. We're not making any more Andalusian bulls. I remember he said that to us at the show, too. Very specifically. Um, now, since then, like I said, there's a Discord chat that was started, uh, and there's a lot of people in there. And the hubbub in that chat, I don't know if you've been in there yet. I know Bear and Ben have been in there. Um, but there is a, a large request now for a large size Andalusian bull. Um, I don't think anyone saw that coming, but now it, that seems to be the thing. Everybody wants like a seven by 70. I'm not sure. 
Uh, and some of it's kind of crazy, but but people are like really getting behind this now, and they're like, you know, we want a bigger size, and we want a bigger size. And, and Tony has chimed in saying, like, look, guys, I already said like there's no more sizes of Andalusian bull, and the reason was because they're trying to protect the integrity of the value of these NFTs. You know, they. they I they, agree. They, I think that's yeah. They're trying to make this, you know, like we made this one other size, and then that way, you know, these people have it. Now if we make another size. It's like, all right, well, then there's that size, but maybe nobody cares about that because they can get the original or they can get this third size. Um, so, but you know, that you know that may be for a while, and then, but maybe down the road they change. I don't know. I mean, this is just it's getting kind of a following in this forum, um, pushing for another size of the bull. I, I don't even really know uh, what to make of that. I, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't do it, and you know I don't think they should be. Do, you know I don't think they should add more NFTs, and because it will protect. You know you want to protect the trade with Maybe down the road you look at doing something with La Volcada or, or Chapter One or something like that. You know, um, but you know I think you know Tony's on the right path with this. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think other companies will follow with this for sure. Um, so um, like I said, I think it's a unique program. And you you just don't want to dis. I mean, again, you have people you have, you have some you have people who've invested in this, uh, counting on La Florida Americana, and I think that's important. And you know, La Florida Americana, they'll do the right things here. I believe. You know, I think. Uh, you know, they do have some. Like, these other sizes are floating around, but most of them I think we use for charity. Maybe that's you know, but uh, I don't see them making a seven by seven the Andalusian bull. Now, I just don't see it happen. Now in the chats, we're 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 being told no, we don't want a seven by seventy. We want a ten by a hundred. Um, just so you know, what? Christian Aroa, Christian Aroa has already said that even they won't go 10 to 100. 9 by 90 is about as, as high as they're I, I've smoked, go. Okay, I smoked a 9 by 90. It's, okay. And I'm, you know I'm the big ring gauge guy? <laughs> when you get to 90, it can't fit in your mouth. It, it's not something that's a smokable product at that point. Um, so unless they taper it or something like that, I, I just, I've seen some 10 ring gauge cigars out there, but this is the first time I smoked, I smoked a 9 by 90. And it's not, it, it, it just not, doesn't fit in your mouth. That's the problem. So, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of cigar to smoke. Um, I, the, the biggest I think I've smoked is, I think, an 8x80. The, um, the JFR Lunatic, you know, the big one, the 8x80. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. the biggest I've ever had. Uh, I, I'll tell you that. I got halfway and I was like, I'm all done with this. But like it wasn't a, a it wasn't that it was a bad cigar. I mean, it's not like you know it's it's different. But I'm just like it's just it's too much. I'm like I've already had one enough. <laughs> one of the JFR lunatics in the '80 does have the tapered head. Yes, I don't that's, remember. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> so it that had a tapered a head to it. You know, and here's what I you know I think I like a good big ring in cigar, and I I understand that people aren't comfortable with a sixty, let's say, in your mouth. And I I've always advocated why don't the companies make these tapered gordos right? And I really think if they push more of the tapered Gordos, I think people may experience, like, the G Gordo for what it is because there are some very good Gordos out there. And I understand that people just don't like the feeling of a big ring-gauge cigar in your mouth. Um, I know Sereno did a couple of those Gordos like that, and they were very good. Yeah. You know who I'm surprised hasn't done something like that is um, Matt Booth. And I don't even he need to. I don't, I don't even I, need to explain why I said that. <laughs> no, but he did. Didn't he do a? He did a big payback in the seventy ring gauge size. Yeah, he. There was a like back when he was with Davidoff. There was a bit. There was a couple of big ring gauge paybacks out there. I'm trying to think. 
I think there was some. I don't think they were that big though. They were bigger than what I, he has I, in the I, line now, but I don't think they were that big. Um, I thought he had a seventy. I'm pretty sure he did, and this is going back like a few years ago when Big Payback first came out. Um, yeah, Matt Ty, yeah. Matt Ty, Boofy did a seventy ring gauge payback. Okay. Yeah. Yep, he did. It's called the Cavella. But he doesn't make. But he doesn't make it anymore, right? It. It no, because that one didn't come over with with Davidoff. Okay. Yep, that one didn't come off with Davidoff. Um, so, but he he did do that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. By the way, have you smoked the nine by ninety yet? Yeah, I did. You That's did. I said. You couldn't fit it in your. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't fit the thing in your mouth. Sorry, I missed um, that. There was there's a lot going on. I in haven't the put the review here. out for it yet. We were talking about doing a uh, like a smoking syndicate roundtable with it, but um, I don't know if those guys are ever gonna want to light it up. But like I said, the problem with it is the ultimately I found the cigar. You couldn't even cutting that thing. I had to use a razor blade. There's not a cutter that you could get on that thing. Right. Uh, and so you could punch some holes in it the other way, but that causes some other problems. It's just, it's not a, a, you can't puff and rotate a cigar like that. It's, I like a big ring cigar. I'm all for 60 to 70, even 80 is the limit, though. You can't go past 80. It's too big. What's the one that Skip Martin made a few years ago? The femur. I think that was 133 ring gauge. Jesus. Yeah. 133. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was 10 by 133. But he didn't design that to be smoked. He designed that to be uh, like okay. seeing if he can make a premium cigar with it. Yeah, it's called the Cro-Magnum Femur. It was released in 2013. The Roma Shaft. <laughs> yeah. It was a 10 by, by 133. You know, I've never smoked that size, but, you know, what's really cool about the Cro-Magnum line is how versatile it is. They've done the 10 by 133 all the way down to a firecracker. So you think about it, it, it Skip's done probably the, you know, he's probably released a lot of Atolas in that line. So Jay said that he smoked the femur and it took a long time. I I, I think so. Yeah. I'm not just, surprised. Just I'm not surprised that Jay would do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't get my hands on one uh, when they came out. Why? Because it was so big? Uh, half, yeah, but half, <laughs> it was hard to get. Actually, Halfwell reviewed it and I think there's a video out there of Brooks smoking it. So uh, I think I, that I, remember... I think I think they did. You know how that Half Wheel has their um their um they do like the the unicorn reviews like the the ones where they only do one or the one offs that don't really qualify in their standard reviews. I think right. they I think I did see it in there. I'm positive they reviewed it. I remember the video, but I think I think the score was like ridiculously um low. Um, I mean I think it it, it was like. I don't. I want to say it was something like like seventy. Um, you know, it wasn't. Uh, and they, uh, yeah, it was. It was a ridiculously low score. But I think, it, and it's the same thing. Like the asylum, I'll just tell you, it's not going to score ninety on Coop by any means. It's it's just it, mechanically, it's not meant to be smoked. Uh, cigars, there's a, there's a limit to how big a cigar could be. There's a limit how comfortable you are smoking a cigar, and then there's a limit how big a cigar could be, and it, that's just to that's, make it functional. Uh, yeah, I puff it. You can't puff and rotate it ninety. That's the whole problem with it. Mm. So ultimately, maybe I, I couldn't do it, right? Maybe someone else could, right? But but I had trouble doing it, and ultimately, I had I had some burn problems along the way and combustion problems along the way. Um, flavor was decent. There was nothing wrong with the flavor. It wasn't like rock uh, rocking my boat, but 
wasn't bad. One of the things I remember from from smoking an eighty ring was, and Jay actually just said it. Uh, the amazing thing. I'll bring this back up. The amazing thing to me is that the femur tasted just like the robusto, but it got hot. Now, what I remember from smoking yeah, the eighty ring was that because it's so thick, you had to you had to give it like five puffs before you could take like your your solid long puff on it, just just to get it hot enough to draw all the smoke in. And you keep doing that, and you're just making it hotter and hotter and hotter, and it's going to affect the way that that tastes. Um, I think uh, I, that that was the one thing I remember. It was like you couldn't just take like a half draw and then like a full draw. Like you had to go like one, two, three, get it hot, and then yep. like yep. pull it in yep. uh, j just to get like a nice full draw on it um, because because it's so big, and to to get it to get it all that hot again to pull a full draw through it. Is it's it, it's different than smoking a standard size cigar. I mean, it's it's a very different animal. Um, for anyone who's never actually you know gone above like sixty, um, I would say it, it it's a very different experience. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I saw a comment. Uh, Oscar's Woody. Yes, Oscar's Woody was twenty one by one hundred. Jesus. Yeah, that, I remember that cigar. That's a good catch, Bruce. I forgot about that one. And what's the one? Um, I think La Aurora makes. Is it the Stravaganza? It's not a big ring gauge, but it's long. It was long. I want it. Yeah, it was a long cigar. It's like it's like I, two feet long or something like that, or like a foot and a half. It, it it's 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 like it's got like a serious length to it. I don't think it. I think maybe sixty seventy ring gauge. I think, but I know it's it's very long. It was a long one. Yeah, and I to be honest, I'm I'm not remembering it all. That I, I don't know if they're still made, but I remember probably like six years ago th they were floating around. You, could, I, you know, I yeah. saw one one time, and it was at um, where did I see it? Oh, it was Castro's back room in Nashua, New Hampshire. They had one in the glass case, and I think it was like a hundred bucks. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. cool to see, but I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get this. For, I'm like, I, I'm never gonna smoke that thing. Yeah. It'll take me three days. <laughs> right, so right. Sick exactly. Of it. exactly. You know, in in a lot of times, long cigars are as problemsome as bigger ring gauges are with me. So I tend to find longer cigars run out of gas. Uh, you know, something. It, hold on, something huge just fucking flew in here. And I'm like, what the hell was that? And it was. I don't know what the hell that was. A bird or something? What the fuck was that? It was making this loud noise. It flew right past me, and then it landed over there somewhere. I don't know what the fuck it was. I was like, "What is that sound?" I don't know. Whatever. Sorry. I just I was just like, what "The fuck is that?" Um, sorry. What What did you just say? Can you repeat that? <laughs> longer Longer cigars are problemsome as uh, to me. Mm. They They tend to run out of gas. They you know, the you know if you're I tend to smoke a little wetter on the tip so. That's a problem for me because if that tip just keeps getting wet, you know, it's going to kill the whole flavor profile you know, when you get down six, seven inches, you know. Yeah. So I have to be really, when I smoke a longer cigar, uh, I have to be more cognizant of that too, like not to smoke it very wet. I mean, LFD does make some bigger cigars. I mean, they make the digger. They made the meaner digger. I don't think they make that yep. anymore, but they, they made that at one I time. have one still. I, I do, have too. One still. I do, too. Yeah. It was a good cigar. That was a 10 by 60, I believe. Or an 8 by... It was, no, it was only... No, it, no, was, it was 10. 10. It was 10. It was it's, 10. It's longer. Yeah. Meaner digger. Yeah. yeah. It and, it's, and it's a barber pole. Yeah. Yes. It was really good. Yeah. I still have one. 
um, that I got from where did I get that? I think I got it from John like a few years ago. Um, yep. I, I still have it, and I, I should smoke it one of these days. Uh, but I do still have it. It's in my humidor, uh, and it's a cool cigar. It's just it's again it's just one of those things where I'm like you know I want to smoke this. And I do, and I want to, but then I'm like, do I have the time? <laughs> you know, it's like, do I have the yeah. time to smoke yeah. this thing? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, uh, they they make some big cigars already, so I mean, it's not like it's out of their realm. But I don't know if they would do yeah. it in the Andalusian Bull Blend. By the way, I want to thank Dan Thompson for being in the chat room tonight, so he can control McAllister and Ruben, keep him out of line. <laughs> wow. We won't have any problems. We won't have any problems with Alan tonight. <laughs> Well, yeah, you I mean... Notice there's no Gabe Kapler comments or anything from him. I'm just saying, you know, he's behaving tonight. Well, you know, a few shows ago, he didn't work for McAuliffe Cigars. Now that he does, and, and now that and, and boss Dan Thompson is here, he's, he's got to be a little, yeah. more, a little bit more tamed. But, uh, you yeah, know, he, yeah. He's, he's, in, he's, in, he's in total denial that his Yankees are 4-14 this month. He called me a troll when I said that. I'm like, you're 4-14 is a stat. <sighs> Like I hear, like when it, I, when at eighteen and four, I hear it from him. So trust me. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I re- I really don't want to do this. I really, I really don't want to do this. But I I I have to be fair. Fair is fair. I'm mm-hmm. gonna say something, and you know that I still love you, and it it, right. it it is all in fun. But I gotta do something that a lot of people are gonna be like, wow. <sighs> Maybe not on that specific comment, but maybe more in a general sense. I have to say that you can be a troll sometimes. Okay. I mean, I, 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 the okay. only reason I stoked the fire with Gabe Kapler is not because I give a shit. It's because I know. It's because I know you do. But then, like you, you continue to bring it up, and I only play along because it keeps the fire going. Because it's entertaining to watch you. I'll give you that. Because Alan, Alan uh, but you, I don't you, like the you, word. I don't know if the word troll is accurate, but I, I do try to. Um, Start a pot. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, all I have to do is mention any of the handful of people who I know you have a burning hate for, and and it, it, like we'll be here for another twenty minutes just talking about. Well, it. We'll, we'll go into you know we'll get into the football season, so uh, you know there'll be a couple. Of, I don't have Joe Judge to kick around this year, so. Yeah, he's back with us now. So. No, good, good. You can deal with him. I hope. And by the <laughs> way, I hope he's better for you guys than he was with. In all seriousness, because he was an absolute disaster. So. I hope he's. I hope he. Look, I hope maybe going back to an assistant sometimes the second time through, uh, learning from your experience. Um, I, you know, hopefully he could do do better. You don't want. I don't. You know, I don't think the guy was a bad guy by any means. And I think you know, when the reporters were like accusing him of throwing a pizza party, celebrating getting fired, when he was trying to throw a pizza party to thank his players, you know, I. That's the stuff I think that went over the line with him. So he was just a bad coach. That's it, you know. As far as just that didn't goes. Perform. Yeah, he's not a bad guy. As far as that goes. Right. I-, I was waiting for you to say it, too. No, no. I mean, it's... As far as that goes. As far as that goes, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, ho- Thank I, I, guess you. A, I think, like I said, people and job performance are two different things. So. That's all I was looking for. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that... Uh, because Matt Ty is here, uh, who, we, who we know very well and we love very much. How about that cigar? Shout out. How about that cigar? HBTC. Burn cigars, not bridges. Um, yeah. No Garrett today. Yeah. Garrett's, Garrett's, Garrett's probably on the road, but uh, but Matt is here. Good guys. Good guys, man. I love those guys. Love them. They're brothers. They, uh, yep. I, uh, but, and uh, I'm going to be heading up their way in December, so I'm very excited. So, so they're, they're from Minnesota, um, but... I'm pretty. I know for sure, Matt. I don't know if Garrett and Justin are, 
but I know for sure Matt is a Packers fan. So yes. even though he's from Minnesota, he's a Packers fan. And um, well, you're close did, to Wisconsin there, though, in you know that eastern Minnesota area, yeah. Right. And he he just posted he just posted um, Matt Lafleur for president, and you know I he I might know, be an improvement over the candidates we have. So, <laughs> and that's another hot one for Coop. But what I will say is, are you ready to see Nicolas Cage choke in the playoffs again? Nicolas Cage. Oh come on, you didn't see. Uh, um, Roger showed up to training camp in the white tank top and the long hair like uh, Nicolas Cage and Conair. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and people yeah, were yeah, doing yeah, the yeah. comparison. Uh, I, was, I started calling him Nicolas Cage. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I like Rogers as a player a lot. It's hard for me to ever knock him. He, he's a, and I love I like him so much more than his, the, his predecessor. So um, I, I would love to, I love to see, would love to see uh, Rogers have a couple more rings. I really would. I mean, he's a good guy. Me too. I, mean, I don't think he's a bad guy. I mean, he's not a bad guy. He's got his issues, but yeah. Honestly, though, I mean, he's a better regular season player than a playoff player. I mean, just the numbers well, don't lie. I mean, look, Dan, Dan Fouts was one of the best regular chargers. He was a terrible playoff quarterback. Um, So, I mean, it happens sometimes. But at least Rodgers could say he has a ring. There's a big difference. Rodgers got the ring. Dan Fouts, unfortunately, doesn't have a ring. It's true. And here comes, yeah. Alan, here comes Alan Rubin again with another paragraph about the Yankees. Um I'm not really – I don't want to get into it. This isn't a sports night right now. Uh, we can circle back to sports maybe later in the program because there's other things to talk about. But Alan Rubin is here. He's trying to gently stir the pot with Coop. I think as the he show couldn't goes resist. On. He couldn't resist responding. Told you so. Yeah, he just can't help it. He just can't help <laughs> he it. He can't help it. Yep, got him again. <laughs> He's got to get you going. Uh, Matt Tyler. That's all I can say. That's all I comment back on that is. <laughs> <laughs> got you. <laughs> Brian Lewis is lighting up an Andalusian Bowl. I get him every time. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, tonight is about the bigger bowl. I mean, well, I mean, we, we talked about it, and, you know. Yeah, and, um, so let me let me kind of ask more, some more things about you, because smoke and tobacco don't uh, really put a lot of coverage into this, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, more coverage than certainly I did, more coverage than anyone did, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me, like, wait, I know you're friends with John. I know he's part of the show, but – but you you might you obviously saw something that maybe a lot of us didn't with the amount of coverage that you put into this. So mm-hmm. so give me a little more background on that if you want to certainly. Um no I mean Lafleur Dominicana has has a takeover with smoking tobacco for the duration of the NFT project and so that was that was uh, that was part of it and uh, also I just um the 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 more I I got into it the the more fun I had with it and. Um, you know, it's just, it's just honestly, it, it's on a professional stance. It's, yeah, it's something that we're doing, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. So Yeah, you seem like you're having fun doing it. I mean, you seem like you're really into it. Um, like I can say, I've enjoyed, I, I can tell you a bunch of us have been in chats and stuff, and we, we've all been talking about these auctions. Um, so it's it's been, to say nobody, I don't want to hear that nobody cares about this, because you said there's a Discord chat. I haven't gotten into that, but I can tell you all these, like, side chats that are going on. Especially when it gets to the last few, couple hours of the of the auction, De- people care. People mm. care. Trust me. If people are interested. People care. I'm interested, and I care. I'm not. I'm not gonna give you that at all. Yeah. No. You know I mean, I, I definitely think people do. I. I. Um. So I'm. I'm pulling up the. Uh, I just want to pull up something right here, on my laptop on the. Because I want to have some information. I'm, I'm pulling up the NFT auction site. Um. Just you know what I'm doing. I want to just double check on NFT number five. 
And yeah, that same bit is still in there. With 14 hours to go, it is still a he's 77, got a, Poor Matul, that's Matul. He's gotten outbid on every one of these. He went high this time. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, and that's the other thing. It's funny is you watch, you know, the first few, it started, you know, they were kind of nickel and diamond themselves. And, and then, you know, the second one a little bit, but not so much. The third one, um, you know, you, you saw people come right out of the gate, big bids. And then number four, same thing happened. And then number five, it just right to 77000 I think people know at this point it's not going for anything definitely less than that. So let's just but start it, high. Yeah, yeah, and I think exactly. And I think last number two went for a little less money probably because it was a weekend bid. Most of that was took place. So I think this five won the same thing. It's a weekend bid. I think six and seven are going to be a lot more active. Awesome. Um, I think seven is going to be crazy. I think seven is going to be the craziest one because it will be the last one. I think – see, I think initially, I think people – I think the the feeling was that the first one was going to be more than the rest because it was number one. I think we – So when they got to too. number two, it was like, ah, it's not going to be – I think it was like, well, it's not worth more than number one. And then we get to the third one, and I think, you know, a private buyer who was just like – I mean, I'm all in for this. I just want this. Goes right to ninety thousand. I just being, you know, aggressive to get it, uh, and good for him. And then I think that set the tone. Like, oh shit, that one went to ninety. So then it was like, it was no problem for Jack Schwartz to be like, well, let's go to ninety, and they got it. And now that we've set the tone for ninety right in the middle, it's like, well, I mean, it's not going to go less than that now. I mean, two in a row go for ninety thousand. This one's right up to seventy-seven. You know, someone's going to come in and bid against that, and that's going to probably go right into the eighties. And that, so I mean, I, I just, I think. I think initially people thought like, oh, well, two is going to be worse, uh, not worse, uh, less than number one because it's not number one. But then I think the bid in the buying pattern changed, and now it's just kind of changed the whole thing to be like, okay, well, you're looking at what the first four sold for. You're like, oh, I mean, you're, you're not getting the rest of them under 80000 Like, uh, I mean, it's just, I, don't, I just don't think it's going to happen. I, um, I, I, think Matt, I think Matt said the last one, Matt's high, it, it, six figure, believe will be the six figure one. Because it will be the last chance. It will be the last chance to do this. You may not get another shot at it. So someone may be willing to go the extra mile at that point. Yeah, I mean, if if maybe five won't go that high, but I would be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if six didn't go for a hundred thousand. But number seven, I I don't think I don't think it's going for less than a hundred thousand. I just don't. I don't think. I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. I mean, good job, by the Yeah. And you're right, because you know what? You get to the last one. People are like, oh, it's the only one left. And it's like if you were on the fence, you're like, you got to make a decision. Do you want it or not? It's the last one. Um, I think I think there's, there's going to be a handful of people who are, who, are, who are prepared to pay six figures for it at the end. I think, you know, and you get into something like that, you, you, you're like, well, you look at – the thing to go going to the first one, you don't really know what to expect. Going to the last one, you've seen what the other one sold for. You see who bought them. You kind of hear what they're doing with it, and then you're like, ah, and you know the potential at that point. So you're like, fuck it, let's go for it. Um, I think that's what Jack Schwartz did with number four. I think that they they were like, you know what, fuck it, let's go for it, because you know what, I think they feel that there was value there at ninety thousand. I think they felt it was safe, and they're yeah. like, let's let's go for it. I don't want to miss out. Uh, and I think you're going to see that that mentality continue with more people as they continue to bid. Um, Alex obviously owning the first two. He wants to keep up the the value on it too, you know. He don't want to see the rest of them drop off, and he wants to keep that value up. So I mean, it's smart yeah, exactly. to keep bidding on it, even if he doesn't win it. He's driving the price up. He's still helping himself. You yeah, know, he's, he's protecting agree. his investment. So I agree. There's a lot of there's a lot of things here with just the bidding. I mean, the the strategy, yeah. the mentality. 
Yeah, it's like I said, it's become very. And then I think we're going to see what happens with the cigars and who gets their hands. How many people get their actually get their hands on these cigars is going to be interesting. Um, and how they're distributed. I mean, those are all questions I think that we're going to have following this, which is going to make this keep this story going. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's going to be like, all right, auctions are over, they're all sold. Now what? Yep. I I just wonder if they had done a Toro size instead of the Lonsdale size. If they would have got more money. Really? Yeah, I'm not, you know, I, the, does a Lonsdale size have me doing handstands? No. You, I understand. You, but so the, you, the, you I, smoked it. You've smoked the NFT cigar. I have it. I haven't smoked it. I've smoked the Toro. I've smoked the Jack Swartz one. I believe it was a Toro size. Mm -hmm. But if they had done a more traditional size, right? Just Lonsdale's not a popular size. It's, I'm not saying it's not a good size. This is not a popular size. But imagine if it was a size that had more, you know, more appeal. Um, was you know, I just wonder what it would have went for. You've smoked it, right? So you, you, you. Um, I've smoked two. I'm sure it's, and I'm sure it's very good. I mean, it is. I'm sure it's, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's very good. But Lonsdale, well, Lonsdale's making a little bit of a comeback this year. But I've yeah, been getting really set. into Lonsdale's this year, personally. It better, it's better than Lens. It's a better size than a Lancero, I believe. Because uh, you just get a little more of that ring mm. on it, and you just get a little less. Length, more filler. I think that, yeah, I mean, if you get into that 6x42, 6x44 range, I, I like that. Um, you know, it's, that's 5 and 5 8 by 46 is, is Corona Gorda. That's what I really like that size. But the Lonzo gets closer to that, at least. Um, yeah, and it's not – I don't even think it's like a full Lonzo because it's, it's, it's 6 inches by 44. Yeah, I mean, is you get into is? this whole – you get into this whole um, – uh, naming council, we call it, where it, what what should it be called versus what? I mean, it's close enough. I mean, it's not like it's too close to like a you know a Corona. I mean, it's 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 in the realm, but there's definitely yeah. there's definitely longer yeah. Lonsdales well, out there. Yeah, Alex nailed the point here. This is absolutely Lonsdales are now gonna be sexy because of this. Mm -hmm. They're gonna be back. He's right. I mean, this is it's give Lonsdales probably got more attention with this than anything that I've seen. It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, what I will what I will what I will tell you is that um, whether or not you like the smaller ring gauge, just put that aside for a minute. It it let's talk about the cigar that actually exists. Um, I've smoked two, and it I mean, obviously different from the the standard bowl. It it, it it's a figurado, right? So at its at its fattest point, it's sixty four. Um, this is a a solid, you know, 44 all the way through. It burns a lot cooler, uh, which obviously affects the way that it tastes. There's not as much filler to it that would, you know, that's not as overpowering over the wrapper and the binder. So it's it's definitely different. It smokes different. It tastes different. Um, we've talked about how the small ring gauges, you know, when you want to know what the filler really tastes like or you uh, the wrapper really tastes like it. You smoke it in a smaller ring gauge. There's not as much filler to overpower it. Yeah, you definitely taste more of that that wrapper on it. Um, it burns cooler because it's not as thick. You're not burning it as hot. So it, it's it's very different. I like it. It's very good. Um, people have asked, well, which one's better, the original or that one? And it, it's pretty close. I mean, I, I thought the Toro... I thought the Toro for Jack Schwartz, which was a six by fifty-four, was better than 
the regular production size. And normally, I never say that about a shop exclusive size. Normally, it's the shop exclusive size is always inferior to the regular production, right? Hmm. But I thought, in, because I think what happens is when that Figurado gets to closer to that, you know, bigger ringgate, something falls off with it. And it didn't fall off with the Toro. That's why I'm excited to smoke the Lonzo because I think having that, that consistent size, I don't think the tapering helps the regular production size is what I'm saying. I think it's a cool size, and it's certainly a very good cigar, the Andalusian And it's Bowl. iconic. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, a, like Look, like I rated the Andalusian Bowl a 90. I didn't score the Jack Schwartz one, but I probably would have scored that 91, 92. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, because I think that blend worked really, you know, and then you go back to the LFD 25th, which had some similarities to the Andalusian Bowl, right? And that was a great cigar as well. So I, I think there's something, I think there's a reason why Lido and, and family are using this as a private blend. So it's probably a very good cigar. And I, I, look for, I wanted to smoke it after the auction was over. That's why I waited. I do have one from Lido. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it is a good size. I mean, if you're, if you're a Lonsdale fan, you're going to love it. I think if you, yep. if you liked the bowl, the, the original mm-hmm. bowl, I think you're going to enjoy this. Um, cause I think it provides a, a more focused, refined flavor. Um, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards that I like this better than the original. Um, I just, I first smoked it, and I was I was like, wow, and I smoked the second one, and I was like, yeah, I really like this a lot. It's, this yeah, this yeah. cigar is special. Yeah, I guess that I would say, just based on, I said, me smoking the Jack Schwartz one, I just felt it was, you know, I just felt it was better in that, in a non-tapered format. Hmm. So, uh, I'm really, now this is going to be a much smaller ring gauge than, I've ever had on it, so I'm really curious to see how it is. But the fact you're saying positive things is a good sign. So, well, the other thing you remember about the original bowl too, right? Is it it starts out thick and then it, it burns down. So you're already you're already getting it hot, and you know to, up at the thicker part. And then as you go down, you're going thinner. But you know that heat. I mean, it depends on how you smoke it, but I mean, it, relatively, you know, it, you're bringing that down as you go yeah. so it's like you start big you get it hot and then you, you bring it it's gonna smoke different it just it is yeah. it's, it's gonna smoke different it's 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 different you know especially with even with the toro whether you know you take the lonsdale the, the nft one out of it that toro it, it is it's gonna smoke way different than the original um they're all gonna smoke different but i think that the jack schwartz and the nft one are, are gonna be closer than the original because they're gonna yeah. burn more consistent all the way through yeah and that has an impact on it it does yeah. Um, so, again, it, it'll be interesting to see, like, when more people get their hands on it, what they think. Because, I mean, this is a cigar that, I mean, very few have actually had the opportunity to have. Because it's yep. technically not available yet. Um, so, as it gets out there and it's on the market and people smoke it, it'll be interesting to see what people really think. Um, yeah. It's, it's it's cool, man. It really is. It's exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I thought it was a brilliant move that they brought those to the trade show and they got them into people's hands. Because obviously, if people smoked it, and you know, they probably had a lot of confidence in the floor. If people smoked it, hey, they'll create. Hey, this is a really good cigar. You you, you may want to bid on this to try to get it. You know, right? But I'm sure that was part of all, and that was a very smart move that they did with that. Right. I mean, in addition to that, you also get uh, one of seven of the gold bullion humidor, um, which is it's yep. not made out. Of, it's not made out of gold, but what is made out of gold is the LFD logo on the lid. Yep. I think it's 18 karat gold. I remember correctly um yep. that's gold but the rest of it's 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 a gold paint and it's it's a really nice humidor yeah. I've, I've seen it i've touched it it's it's a very beautiful humidor 
Um, so even that that alone's cool. I know Carney Carney was saying you know like it would be great like the people who win them like you know uh, a retailer who's gonna sell them like put it in your humidor like in your store like in a special case or like in its own spot look with like you know a light on it and kind of make it a make make the whole thing an experience right so if someone comes in to buy one it's like okay you know you you, you get and you take it out of the, the whole humidor like it's a whole you're not just like grabbing out of like the box right you're, you're taking it out of the humidor it, it's a whole experience so as a retailer i mean they kind of also give you the tools to sell it too and, and present it well it's not like all right well here's the box you know there you go yeah i mean that, but like i just see you know Retailers are really gonna have to lock that thing up. I mean, oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. I mean, that's just something that yeah. Alan Rubin uh, actually, he says right here, white glove service. And I I actually said that to John. So when we were at, uh, I agree. Yeah. When we were in Brickle, uh, I'm sorry, Brickle, um, Empire last week, um, for the launch event. So we had it on display. Now you've been to Empire, and I know a lot of people probably have been there. But if you haven't been, so they have the the glass humidor, and then so you go in, and then to the left. There's another small glass room through another glass door where they keep, like, all the cutters and lighters and stuff. That's where all their DuPonts are. So we had it, like, on a pedestal, like, right in the middle of that room. The lid open. And then the iPad with the, the actual NFT thing, like, playing. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, on di- like, it was, like, on display. And John was looking at it. He's like, that's how it needs to be presented. Yeah. It needs to be, like, its own thing, like, in, like, a glass case. Like, And I said to him, like, even, like, the, the white gloves. You know, white glove service. Yep. Like, make it, a, yeah. make it Th- a whole thing. Yeah. This is why I go back to, and I know I'm going to get off topic with this. The PCA trade show cannot be a, a flea market, okay? Cannot be a thing set up with tablecloths and boxes on there. Because there are luxury items that you want to display. And, and let's say the floor wants to display something similar in the future or whatever. You, you need to have, like, the glass cabinets. You need to have these things locked up and stuff. You can't put these things on, on tablecloths like a flea market outside. So, I mean, that's this is why I go back. You know, look at even Atabay's booth. Uh, excuse me. Look like the tobacco's booth. I would have been, you know, LaFleur did have a nice cabinet for this at the, at the trade show. I mean, you agree, right? It was very well. Their oh, yeah. booth is very, I mean, that booth, now try putting that booth uh, somewhere outside. No, it won't work. I mean, that's why we need, you know, convention halls and things like that, you know, because you need to showcase those types of things, and they, they really need to be protected. I want to bring up um, the photos. I have a photo of it on display. Um, yeah, yeah, we had a problem with the photo we took. <laughs> it didn't come out. <laughs> so, yeah, we had the... Uh, yeah, when we did the floor booth, that well, unfortunately that one didn't come out. So PCA uh, photo. Um, hold on one second. It should be right here. I'll bring this up on the screen really quick. There it is. Yeah, that's yeah. it on display at, at PCA in 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 yeah. Las Vegas in July. And that's how you. That's who we want to display it in a very nice you know setting like that. Yeah, and you know it, it's it's a it's a beautiful humidor, yeah. and, and yeah. I think and even having the iPad with the actual yeah. NFT on it playing, I, it's a nice little play. It's like, well, you have the NFT, yeah, you have the humidor, yep. the cigars are there. It's all right. there. Yeah, beautiful presentation. And, and, look, and I, I love this because look, I, I'm all in favor of having value price cigars. It's important, you know, that everyone and it's, you can get some great value price cigars for like six dollars that will smoke great. But look, we still are a luxury item business. Uh, we're still cigars are still a luxury item. And I really like the fact when we can showcase this top-of-the-line stuff like this. Um, 
that's why, you know, and I think that's one thing that, that a, a trade show the way it is right now really is conducive to that, where you can do that. Yeah, another thing that, you know, I, um, I don't know if I can play the movie. Uh, I can't play the movie. I was able to do it before. I can't remember how I did it, but, oh, I know how to do it. Sorry. Um, because I have a video of the actual, is this, I think I, I think I did this last, yeah, new animated. I think I can do it this way. Yeah, right here. So this is the actual video file. Um, play full screen with audio. Sure, let's do that. That is good. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. And that, that's the file. So, I mean, you'll, you'll get that too, um, which is cool. And yeah. yeah. Again, how would you? You know, like I've heard things like having it the, the the PCA outside at Lucas Oil Stadium. How would you do this at Lucas Oil? Hey, Coop. Sorry. I'm not sure what I did there. I don't know what happened, but no, all good. We're I back. We're back. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I just, I was trying to play that because I was like, I mean, it's, we, yeah. we're, we're talking yeah. about it. So, but then I yeah. don't know. I clicked the wrong thing and it's gone. So, but we're back now. So we're good. Yeah. Like I said, um, I think I was just saying, this is some of the things that differentiate uh, our trade show, you know, makes this trade show kind of puts it in the front, you know, the spotlight. I think these, these little things that we're doing, that, that we're showing here with that, um, Brilliant, you know, just makes makes our church show special. Yeah, no, it does. It's nice when you have a nice presentation. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you spend all the money on the booth. You, you go all the way out there. You have customers coming in to look at your stuff, um, you know, especially the luxury stuff, right? I mean, you talk about selected tobaccos booth at the trade show. Um, you know, if you didn't see it, I mean, museum quality. I mean, it was yep. like not dimly lit, but like low lit. Everything's in a glass case with a spotlight, so the centerpiece is each of those items. It's not like it's it's all light yeah. washed. It, yep. it, it's yep. focused. Like each piece is highlighted so that it stands out because that really is the focus. Um, and LaFleur did a great job with this. I mean, yep. it was still in a glass case. It was presented well. I mean, it wasn't yeah, like that, that, that yeah. but it was it was it was similar. I mean, it was the same same idea. And it's yeah. When you, especially when you're presenting something that you know a month later you're you're selling for ninety thousand dollars. I mean, yeah, it should be on display. That, yeah. And what was really what I love about LaFleur's boots is they have the outside grasp glass cabinets so it's kind of like macy's department store in new york like window shopping 
And then, you know, I think they and I always I think LaFleur's got one of the top five booze uh at the show because I just love that setup. Um what they have. And like I said, you know, I've heard talk of, hey, let's move this thing to a football stadium or something like that. And I I, I love it because we can smoke, but you would lose that those cabinets are, are really important for some of the products that are being displayed. Yeah, I mean it's kind of different just just for the sake. I mean, Hal Septimo had $5 million lighters on display in their booth. They weren't in a case. Yeah. They had armed guards yeah. with them, but, I mean, they were on display. Right. But at least they isolated them. They were roped off. I mean, like, it, you know, they they put kind of their own spin on it. But uh, they had other – they had their uh, Emperor collection all lined. So there was a red – when you came into the Hal Septimo booth, it was like red carpet, and then it was lined with glass cases like all the way down and that yep. had all of the emperor collection like in the in the boxes yep. um the nice lacquered boxes on display and you get to the end and then you had the the, the three gold lighters that were five million dollars a piece you had the the um the cognac and the in the in the gold bottle and then you had the gold uh pyramid uh, humidor that that opened and it had the eight solomons and the in the solomon shaped pen um yeah i mean Everyone kind of did something different, but the people who had luxury stuff, for the most part, I think they all they all had a nice presentation to it. Um, yeah, they showed yeah, it, it very it, well. Yeah, no, it's it's important. Um, you know, and obviously Lafleur, what they have going for them as well as United, uh, you know, they have Lito, the Gomez family behind these things. Um, same with United, they obviously have the Alfonso. Uh, family uh, with selected tobacco and, and you know Dave Garofalo on the United End. So I mean you have, you know El Septimus still a little bit of an unknown for us. I think is the difference, but certainly they have a great presentation. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it just it's it's nice and refreshing, you know, to see yeah. things you know presented yep. in a nice way. Yeah, uh, yep. you know, last year I would all say like last year, you know, people had very downscaled booths, but. We all know why that wasn't. Yeah, and I wrote about that effort. that the economy of scale came back, and I think if you look at what Pete Johnson did, right? Hmm. I think Pete Johnson and my father they got it to a point where they came to a happy medium with it. They don't have to go quite as expensive as they had in the past, but they don't have to go uh, bare bones like they had last year. They went and Ashton to some extent too. They went, they found a a sweet spot with that, I think. So, in the in the Lafleur booth, that's the same booth that they've had for a few years now, right? They've had that same booth for a while. That's right? as not... long as I. That, as long as I remember, they've had that booth. It's that long. It's an elongated booth with the with the like the wood paneling around it. Yeah. Um. It, it to me it works for them. It's a perfect size booth. I love I love the design of that booth. I wouldn't change a thing. I don't think you need to change the booth for the sake of changing the booth, unless the booth is not working anymore for some reason. Right. But that booth works. It's like it, I said, the outside. You can walk around the outside and go inside and talk business. It's nice because it's not too big. It's formal. It has its presentation yeah. Yeah. cases. Yeah. It's got plenty of room inside. It's comfortable. Um, I, I think you're right. It's like a sweet spot for them. Yeah, it, it's perfect uh, size. And then they have a. We we locked out. We got we got time with Lido, and Lido's got his kind of his little, little lounge area, which is pretty cool. When uh, he was holding court with us there, so that was cool. Hmm. Yeah. 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 And he had that uh, that first day. He had that nice blue suit on too. Yeah. Yep. Looking sharp. Yep. Looking sharp. Absolutely. Said, tell you, you know what? Everyone we would talk about style, right? Everyone would say, "Oh, Michael Herklotz, you know, he's a real stylish kind of guy." And I told Michael, "I go, dude, there's a lot of guys here that give you a run for your money." I mean, Oliver had that like cream three-piece suit on. I was like, "Yeah." Dude, I was like, "Dude, you look great." And he was like, "Thanks." Yeah. I was like, "No, dude, like, 
you got the three piece on. Like he didn't, he wasn't messing around. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. go over to LF, LFD. You got Tony looking like John Wick, uh, real fancy. He's got the long hair now. He looks sharp. You got Leto looking fantastic with his blue suit. I mean, her clots look good too. I mean, I'm not gonna. He he looked good. And you had Junior there. He had that green Andalusian bull blazer on. So he's on theme. You know, I mean, it's just. Yeah. What what a what a show for the for the Gomez brothers, um, Tony and Lito Jr. What a show they had. Yeah. And and like I said, I've said this a few times. They're the next generation of that company, and it's in very good hands. That's uh, what I'm going to tell you. I mean, I would feel very confident, you know, with uh, those two guys at the helm for many many years. Uh, you know, once Lito's ready to kind of uh, take it easy. You know, maybe, maybe and I can't see Lito taking it easy anytime soon either. No. So, but 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 yeah, I think they're. In great, I think what a what a what a, you know, he's got to be very proud of both. They're, they're good people and they're just real professional and fun to be around. Yeah, you know, just like you know, Jose Orlando Padron and and Carlos Fuente, um, I, I, Lito's gonna be another one of those guys. He's he, he's gonna be he's gonna be working until he's dead. I mean, he he ain't yeah. walking away. I mean, he's got people who will be maybe taking more workload, but he he'll be yeah. there. And he's just and it's you know and it's one of those businesses and it's. That's just how it is. I mean, there's yeah. just so much love and passion for it. It's like I'm gonna do this till I die, and yeah. and I think that's something special too. Uh, yeah. But you're right. I mean, I think Tony, um, you know, he got Junior coming up too. He's got you know right here. Let's not forget about Solus. You know, yeah. Don't forget. You know, yeah, Junior, Junior has what a cigar that was. Yeah, really good it's, cigar. It, it's good. I've had a couple. Uh, it's very good. So definitely check that. I think that hits retailers sometime October, roughly. Yep. That's gonna um, be that's gonna be that's gonna be one you want to get your hands on, folks. Absolutely. And I'm not just saying that too. And, and 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 I know some people think I have some bias, but I if I already told them, like, look, John may be one of my best friends, but if he does, if I if he have something I don't like, I'm gonna say, hey, I don't like it. And I'm sure he's gonna be like, why? Why don't you like it, bro? What's wrong with it? Well, you know what? Maybe that cigar isn't for you. And he'll be oh, whatever. But at least I'll be honest about it. Right, um, right. It's a good cigar. I think. Yeah. It's very different. I have had, yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, what was funny is I didn't think I was going to, I'm going to be totally honest, I didn't think I was going to like the Solis. Um, and I was wrong, you know, because I tend to like darker, darker blends and stuff like that. So, you know, and I did like Lenox and, and, um, I, wow, I was, I was blown away. I thought it was a really, I didn't have it on my top five list only because it's a limited production cigar and I went for regular production cigars for the top five. But certainly it's one of the best cigars I had at the trade show. And, and the other guys did have it on the list because they, uh, that, you know, they didn't care about the regular. I'm on the I'm on a crusade to make regular production cigars great again. So uh, that's my goal for the next year. I know you're you're sick of the limiteds. Oh, but here's what's when I hear something funny. What? There's a good chance a limited is gonna win the like dominate the top five in my list this year. The way it's working, yeah. So go figure that out, yeah. But I got but I'm going by best performing cigars. So hey, I, it, I don't, is 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 this is that cigar been reviewed and published yet? Which one? The no. One the one I'm talking about has not been published yet. It will be. Okay. Yeah, it will be soon. And because I mean, you see the score, it won't. You will know what it is. Uh, is it over 93? So, uh, it will be 92 and 93. It won't be over 93. All right. Okay. Yeah. You get over 93 now in Coop. The you got to move heaven and earth. It's almost impossible. I got to be honest with you. Uh, deliberately impossible. Uh, the idea is, you know, th that's where you start getting more. More you smoke it, if it gets better, then it gets into those scores. But you won't be seeing more many ninety fours anymore, Coop. Okay, very very strict. Yeah, very very yeah. strict. 
Um, well, I mean, we have scoring infl- – we talk about the scoring inflation going on out there. And when I see score- cigars are like 96s, 97s, and they don't, you know, they don't even taste good, I'm like, you know. Yeah, you know, Half Wheel has, has gotten some heat uh, the last couple of uh, months. Some of the reviews they've put out, I, I know that they gave uh, Le Patissier, I think they gave it a 74. Wasn't You know what? That was a miss, that cigar. I almost said seventy four, but it was a mess. They weren't wrong on that. Uh, they gave the we. I think we covered this in the last show. They gave the uh, Guardian of the Farm Cerberus. I think they gave that a seventy six. Ben gave major, it an eighty one. He didn't like it either. And they had. Major, I liked it. And Charlie, I think Charlie did the review, and I believe he said that the big part of that was he just the burn issues were just just it's it was just too much. That was like Night Watch with me. What I can also but I can also leave you know. Uh, Cerberus is an experimental blend in a lot of ways. I don't want to beat them up on that too much because it's the Corojo 2012. It's the first cigar that have been released with that wrapper. So, Jay Davis, well, Bewitch got an 84. From who? Saka, the Moester de Saka, the Bewitch. Well, who gave it an 84? Half Wheel. I remember that. Well, the I Half Wheel actually... Fanboy Club is out tonight, man. <laughs> I, I did, what did actually I give? see what did that. I give it? What did I give it? What did you give the Bewitched? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't see it. I only happened I to see right. that on okay, my, good, my good, news Okay, feed. good answer. That's, that's, that's the right answer. <laughs> you didn't see it. I didn't well, see it. it's not because I go to ha- – like, I have my own thing i got to worry about. The only time <laughs> I see half-wheel scores, to be honest with you, is when I'm just on my news feed on Facebook, and I see – and the only time I know is when it's a bad score because people start talking about it. And that's the only way I know because the good I, score is no one bitches about because it's like, oh, 92, that's good. You I see an 84 and everyone's like, how the hell did Charlie give this an 84? And it becomes a whole thing, and it's on my news feed. I'm like, huh, oh, give it an 84. I get, wow. I dropped an 84 a couple weeks ago, and, and the only people I heard from it were people from the company. No one said, and that's one of the lowest scores I've dropped on a cigar, and it was from EBC. So, I like, it's really people surprise. Oh, it was a TAA cigar from 2021. Um, yeah, we just didn't perform. I mean, so... You know, it's a you know, and I always say this is my answer to everything. Something has to sometimes score at the bottom. It sometimes happens. You can't have everything score above a ninety. You know, so it happens. You know, I think um, Coop gave Bewitched an eighty-nine. Mitchell says I didn't review it yet. I didn't smoke it yet. So yeah, I have it, but I didn't smoke. I it have yet. it too. Uh, we haven't smoked it yet. We have a couple yeah. Of I mean, I got the one from Sock. I gotta buy it because I don't use show samples, but. Uh, yeah, I got to smoke it. I'll, I'll smoke the show sample and then probably buy it afterwards. So um, you won't see that review for a while. Well, I, I, Nicole, you know, even though she's not sitting next to me, she, she's kind of, she's trying to keep this show on track, so to speak. She good did good bring job. Up, she did bring up something really big. Uh, another uh-huh. major news story that, um, kind of came out. I think this was a shock for a lot of people. Uh, Liana Fuente will be stepping down. And leaving Arturo Fuente, mm-hmm. which I was very yeah, surprised so about. I, I actually told, yeah, I was actually, I think I actually gave you the uh, the the insight on that. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, it was a surprise to a lot of us. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's 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 all it's it's on many websites now. I mean it's it's, it's no secret now. It's out there, um, and uh, she she'll be leaving at the end of the month, and she says that she is ready to. Um, She's ready to, to do new adventures and new projects and stuff like that. She wants to do something new. Um, I don't think we know what that is. She didn't really disclose. But, uh, I mean, I wish her the best, obviously. I mean, we, we know Leah. We're going to miss her. We're going to miss her. Yeah. That's what it comes at. Um, 100%. What, a, what, 
yeah, what a what a you know, and I I gotten to know her over the past couple of years. I didn't really know her until about really about a couple of years ago, and she's just a pleasant, wonderful person, good, kind heart. Um, she'll be missed, and and I you know I wish her the best, and what you know. Certainly, I think the great thing is she has choices that she can make and do what she wants to do in, in her life. And who am I to say, like, I've heard conspiracy theories. Honestly, it's not our business here. Um, and, um, you know, in, like I said, I the only thing I'll say, the only thing I can add into this is, you know, I, I grew up in a family business family, obviously. Uh, my dad's a limousine company, and I saw things when, when, when like, like his brother left and stuff. It was just they wanted to do some other things was all uh, was all that was happening. Uh, the same my, when my grandfather turned the company over, he you know he wanted to just work with uh, an executive from another record company, so he turned the company over to my my father. It was just, sometimes you just you you, you got this free will and you want to do things you want to do. And uh, certainly Leanne is a look. The other thing I say this cigar business. I don't know how these guys stay on the road uh, or women stay on the road. It, it's tough. I, I, I look. If my spouse traveled as much as as these people on the cigar road, I, I don't think I'd be happy about it either. So, you know, certainly maybe you want to spend time with your spouse and your family at home, and and I, I respect a lot of that, and I, I wish her nothing but the best. I I could see, um, you know, she she got married in, in the last couple of years, right? That was recently. Not it wasn't like last well, year, but it was. I, a I don't. Couple, I'm, a couple years ago. Like Carlito's other daughter got married this year, but right. I don't know. She's she, you know she's married. I don't know how long she's been married for, but I'm assuming she's. Young couple, like you and Nicole, you're a young couple, yeah. So I mean, I, maybe uh, Nicole's like you know conspiracy theories. I look no, it, it's, a, I, I, it's I, not I, our business. It's not our business. No, but it, know, if, if I had to make like an educated guess, I, I you bring up a good point. You know, maybe she, you know as as a woman, maybe she's thinking like, hey, like I want to start a family soon, and I, I maybe this is too much for me to do while I have kids and start a family, and and I totally yeah. get that, and that's respectable. Yeah. I mean, it's you it's, know, it's, I you have choices, and sometimes you know. Look, you know, we'll be point. Maybe there's a point I'll say I'm going to walk away from cigar coop because I want to do other things. But that's not that's not happening right now. But there may be a point where that happens, um, and that's certainly you know you'll be able to make those choices. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's sad to see her to to you know <laughs> to leave our world here, so to speak. Yeah, but she did um, a good job too for them at the marketing end of things. She really did that whole Fuente store, and you know. Rare pink. She did a very. She did a really good. She was no. She wasn't a blender in the factory. And I don't think she would claim to be. But she, you know, she was a big part of the operations of that that company. Yeah. Um. I I, I had reached out to her privately and I said, "Oh, hey, I heard the news. Like that's crazy." Um. You know, and she was like, "Yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, it was a hard decision, but it's also an easy decision." And um, you know, and again, her reasons is, is, is her personal business and all that. And she was like, but you know, you never know what the future holds. So, you know, maybe, maybe we see her come back down the road and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's, and that's the only, only thing I'm going to speculate is, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe she is thinking about starting a family and maybe like once her family's, you know, going and her kids are older and she has more time again, you know, maybe, Hey, maybe I'll get back into it. But you know, whatever it is, I wish her the best. She Absolutely. will be missed. She will be loved. Absolutely. Um, I hope she stays in touch with a lot of us. Um, I, I got to reach out to her still, but I hope she does. Uh, two of my favorite interviews I've done have been with her, um, and I just uh, what a what a bubbly personality. It just I, I remember when we interviewed her for the first time on primetime. I just we just felt good after that interview. It was like you know it was just such a positive discussion, and 
a wonderful discussion. And we talked about the trade show last year. We didn't get to talk to her this year. Uh, it was a little chaotic, I think, with the whole Fuente Padron thing. But um, nonetheless, uh, you know, she's 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 great. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, too, sorry, I had to kind of yeah. mute myself real quick. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the other thing is, too, I mean, you know, with her family and, and, and the company and all that, I mean, she, you know, she'll – She'll always be connected, and yep. I, and I'm sure we'll still see her, you know, here and there, and yeah, and and you know whatever it is. Uh, I don't think she'll be completely gone. I think I think you know we'll we'll still we'll still see her. Maybe she'll make yeah. appearances at, at trade shows or something or at special events. Um, but you know it it will be uh, it'll be interesting to see what she does next. And like I said, I, I think we all just we wish her the best. Um, yep. It's uh, it's gonna be different without her. It will be. Yep. One yep. question. So Nicole, Nicole asked a question too. She's like, "So like, will they still will they still do the red pinks like without Liana? Like, oh, I'm sure they it. will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they will. Oh, and by the way, Brandon Bellman, uh, behind the big ring gauge movement. I love it. So, uh, Coop, yeah, hold, on, I, I, hold like on one sec, Coop. Hold on one second. We've lost Matt Tobacco here on the smoke on the, on the spare note series here. He must have done something to get into trouble here. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, I uh, I wasted nothing but the best as far as um, as as far as that goes, Liana. Um, you know, definitely ch check out our interviews with her. And uh, you know, um, family businesses are tough. You know, is what I tell folks. Um, and sometimes it's not for everybody. You know, you, you love your family and you work with your family in two different things. I did a little short stint with my dad. I worked for him. Um, I think we would have killed each other <laughs> if I stayed working for him. But, um, you know, that uh, doesn't change the bonds with family goes there. So, um, I don't know. Matt and Nicole having a, com a private conversation on the side here. So, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll – oh, he's back. Okay. <laughs> well, we were just commenting on your private conversation you guys were having. No, I think there's like a giant, like – Cicada or something that flew into the garage. Oh, the cicadas are. It's on massive, fire. dude. It's it's like if it's, I open it's up huge. this bay, you'll hear them. I mean, yeah. Matt Ty, the host walks away. Yeah, I mean, the host walked. Out. He just walked out, like Matt. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was just curious. Cause, well, you know what the problem was? I'm not like afraid of it, but I'm. It's so loud, and I'm like, what the fuck is that sound? And I, yeah, like I said, I, it came in. I'm like, what is that? And then yeah, yeah. I see it, and I'm like. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I was just too intrigued. I'm sorry. I was just too intrigued. I'm like, what is that thing? And then I finally uh, I got close to it, and I caught it in a cup. So, I don't know. We'll see. Nicole's had some really weird encounters with bugs. She has. <laughs> I mean, go back to the media compound last year. So... <laughs> Like yeah, I mean, they just drop right well, on. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Here's the it, so Ke so Kevin so Kevin Acuff is is uh, is is in the chat. So. That happened in Las Vegas, and which is a desert climate. Kevin lives in Las Vegas, so yeah. Kevin can chime in, and um, and 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 even give it. The, the the things they have out in the desert are just wild. I mean, yeah. in addition to snakes and scorpions and spiders and shit like that, they get they get some crazy uh, they get some crazy bugs. And we were at the media compound, and we were all sitting around this big table outside, and um. It, it's crawling on the ceiling, and you were there. We were all there. We're all sitting around the table, and we're like, "That thing is gonna fall." And it was above a fan. And I'm talking. I mean, this thing was a little bit smaller than my phone. Right. And we're all looking at it. And we're like, 
that thing's going to fall, and it's going to hit the fan, and the fan's going to throw it, and it's going to be like Russian roulette. Who's going to get it? And we're sitting there, and, we're s and sure as shit, it's right above the fan blade, and it drops, and it and it we're like, oh, here we go, <laughs> and it just it hits, and it's and it spins, and it goes, and it lands like right on Nicole's lap, and we're like, oh my god, and uh, she tries to tell people that I ran away. I said, no, I was you trying did. <laughs> I was trying to get something to to get it off of her. <laughs> Kevin, I'll donate a fiber if he eats it. Um, I will donate a whole box if uh, I ship it to you and you eat it. So how about that? <laughs> Let's, yeah. uh, you want to play that game? I'll uh, play right back. Yeah, uh, Mitch. None of my kids are probably going to take over Cigar Coop. Is the there's? But we actually talked about what would happen if anything happened today. Um, it's interesting, but I don't think they have the expertise to take it over or the desire. So uh, one of my sons could. He is the guy who works for iHeartRadio, but he doesn't know anything about cigars. So I don't know what would happen. We're looking at options in case I get hit by a car. So. Well, you always have to have a backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a backup plan, which I mean, I won't really air because it doesn't really matter. But you know, we we have a backup plan. So, yeah. um, yeah. you know, it, it it's it's nice to have. I mean, you talk about these brands and these families, and you talk about well, some of them you're like, well, who's the next generation? Like, who would take over? And you know, most of them that the, you could, it's pretty obvious that who the succession plan is, right? I mean, yeah, name a name a name a major brand. I'll tell you who it is. You probably already know. I mean, it's not hard to figure out. So yeah, I mean, it's. It's nice. You know, you, you have something that you put a lot into and something happens to you. Someone has to keep it going or it, it doesn't, which is a shame. But you, you yeah. try to try to avoid that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it is. Uh, it is something you have to think about. You know, it's like preparing for death in general. You know, like what happens you know, to everything else? Yeah. I, I've had to make some. You know, I, I, you know, I went through some stuff with my father and, uh, you know, there's things I learned now that, that things have to be taken care of. So hmm. I don't want to get too gruesomely into that. But, but no. yeah, but right now, there's none of my kids would take it over, just so you know. Uh, but I don't think uh, doesn't mean they won't inherit it either. So, <laughs> so. You know what they, how they dispose of it. Uh, I think they know I don't want it shut down either. So I think they, you know, they'll, they'll figure, I trust they'll do the right thing. Saka keep. So Mitchell made a comment. Here. Sorry, I had a burp there. Uh, Mitchell says Saka keeps talking about how he has got so much work he needs a Padawan. That's another one too. I mean, because he has a son, right? Does his son is his son involved in the business? Um. Yeah, one of them is right. I uh, one isn't one is. I thought one was partially like, like partially. Yeah, and the other one's not. Yeah, um, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a good. You know, that's again, I don't know the answer. I mean, I know like for example, um, you know. Jose uh Hochi Blanco's son Jose Manuel is you know he they they're kind of grooming him uh EPC that uh you know Lizette Ernesto's yeah. daughter and yeah. now Ernie Jr has actually been coming back into the fold so I think we're starting to see a little bit of of that he said and by the way this is a great example Ernesto Prescrio uh the third uh EPC3 they call him or Ernie uh he stepped away from the business for a few years for the, for you know just cuz he wanted to do something else now he's coming back, right? But no one made a big deal when that happened, by the way. Just just kind of uh, – there were no conspiracy theories or anything like that. He just w walked away to do something else at the time. I think he was doing investment banking or something. I don't remember what it was. But he just wanted to do something else. So I, I kind of go back to this Liana thing. I, I, to me, it's like, you know, again, it's their business what, what people want to do there. 
you know, I'm not gonna make more or, or, or anything like that. Just sometimes choices are made, and and, and EPC three took it, you know, went and did his thing for a while. He thought he had to do. And now, um, you know, another brand I'll throw out there. Um, I don't, I don't think that he's. Look, it's the thing. Anyone can go at any time, right? But right. In the general sense, you look at it, you know. On the plus side, you know, look at a drone. I think George Padron's not. He's not very old. I mean, he's still. I don't know exactly how old he is, but he he still seems like he's somewhat in the middle age, right? He's young enough, uh, but he he has sons, I believe. Uh, and I think they were at the trade show too. Uh, I don't know if they're involved or not, but I, I I'm assuming. I think that they're young. I think they're younger. I think they're like college age or something like that. Yeah. I, I yeah, but I think there's I think the difference is there are other Padron family members who have an ownership of that too. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's there's uh, and I don't quite know the structure of that to be honest. With you. But that's a true family-run company as well. Oh, very, very yeah. tight-knit company. Um, I don't. In fact, I don't think they have a lot of non-family mem- family members that work for them. I, th- I think there's some, but I don't think there's like a lot of them. Oh, I mean, there's Jessica and Jeff Padrone I've seen around. Those are probably the Rudy Padrone. Um, so there's a few other Padrones that have been involved, but you know, they they tend to just keep that very close too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's their that's their choice. Hmm. Anyway, interesting conversation. Um, yeah. Because it, 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 it's something that's true, and you know, it, it, it doesn't need to be talked about a lot. But yeah. it, it's an interesting conversation. Like, what happens? You know, like, God forbid. You know, things things change. Um. But those were the two big things that I, I really wanted to talk about tonight on the show. I mean, they were, you know, the LFT, the LFD NFT thing has been huge. Uh, the Liana Fuente news was a big one. That was it was a very big surprise, um, to a lot of people. Um, those are my two big things, but Coop, I, I'm sure you have your own list of things you, uh, Coop, there's always, Coop's always got beef, right? So what's the beef this week? Um, you know, did you, here we go. I got, I got shit from this from Abe last week, right? Okay. Um, and first of all, I want to say, I love the company. I love the cigars and I love the people behind this company. And, but Illusioni, right? We were at the trade show, and were you at the Illusioni booth at all this year? Yes. Okay. What did you see at the Illusioni booth this year? Uh, like something specific in particular? Was there anything that, like, wow, what was the number, like, was there one thing at the Illusioni that said, wow, this is the big thing they're doing this year? Not really. I mean, I, I think, I mean, they had they had everything on display. I think the biggest yeah. thing was they were kind of going through, like, a repackaging. Mm-hmm. Did you know that they uh, just shipped a whole new line uh, called Allegria? Yes. Did you see that at the trade show? I don't recall. Did they talk about it at the trade show? I don't recall. I don't know how you go to the trade show and not show and talk about that. And Abe gave me crap on that. And I'm like, look, in my opinion, you missed a golden opportunity to introduce that line. Even if you didn't have the cigars, I get it. You got to talk about that. That's one of the brands that Dion acquired with one-off. And he's had this Allegria. It's not been a secret. He's had it for four years. And people wonder when Allegria is coming. And it's just started shipping right after the trade show. Um, and uh, like I said, it was just, I found out about it um, through someone else, actually, that, that it was like shipping, right? And I had no idea. Um, I had to redo my whole booth report that I wrote up for this thing, right? Because it changed a lot. Of things, and it was like, I don't understand... Like, I important, and they did a great job with the repackaging, by the way. But I don't understand how you don't talk about Allegria. 
and I've heard people defend that go against me on this. And I'm like, this is the trade show. This is your Super Bowl. This is the number one place to showcase what you're doing. If you're shipping, and I've heard some things, well, maybe the packaging wasn't ready. It's two weeks out. It was two weeks it was shipped after that. The packaging had to be close already. You know, it had to be something in there. Um, I just, I thought there was a missed opportunity completely with Illusioni on that. And it's not so much, again, they have the right to do what they want to do. But then I hear people like getting up, they, they start like, like Abe's all over me. Like, like, but well, I don't have to do that. Like, no, they don't have to do that. But it's the, you know, you had this opportunity when you're launching a new brand, it, you know, you don't just come out with a new line and, and hope it captures on like gangbusters, right? It takes a while to build a brand in your life. It takes a few years. Um, don't let JSK fool you, okay? It takes a long time to get, to build your brands. I look at, at Crux Cigars. It's taken them a long time to get these brands into some of the stores they've been getting into it now. You know, this is like seven, eight years. It, it takes a while. And you, and what better place to springboard it than at the trade show? That's just my opinion on that. And I know Crux uh, is one of those brands, too, that uh, it's a good brand. I like them. We got, we got Sam Ventura coming on the show in a couple of weeks, I think. Um, but they're one. I, I asked a couple of retailers, you know, hey, hey uh, Crux is a nice brand. You guys should bring that in. And I remember multiple retailers telling me, like, yeah, you know, we're actually kind of interested now. We yeah. looked at them before, and their packaging, we weren't really a fan of their packaging. We didn't like the way that it was presented. We found maybe it might be confusing on the store shelves. Yeah. They went to whole repackaging. They got nice packaging now. More people are more interested. So, like, yeah, it's, it's a good example. That's, that's yeah. another brand that's, hey, they made some changes, you know, to, you know, get the brand out there better, make the retailers, you know, more, you know, interested in it. And, you know, because it's not just about is the cigar good. It's like, well, how does it display in the store? And, you know, yeah, they've gone through their own things, and they've made some nice progress. Um, yep. so yeah, that's true. That's definitely, a, it's, it's, it's a big part of the conversation. It's, it's the whole package. Yeah. I know that there's a, there's a couple brands out there that were new this year and I don't want to mention any names because I don't want anyone to feel like it was an attack on them. Cause it, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's on them. They didn't do anything wrong, but there's some, there was some new brands at the show this year that I heard a lot of people saying like, Oh wow, their cigars are really good. They're going to be a big brand. And then other people were hearing that and being like, oh, well, that's not really how it works and this and that. And there was some shit yeah. talking going on there. Um, but I mean, that's a separate discussion. Anyway, you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing I noticed with, with – this is a trend I noticed dovetails to the, the whole Crux conversation. So Crux has been at the trade show every year since 2014. And they have done a – they have given back a cigar to the PCA trade show every year since 2016. They were one of the early adopters of the PCA uh, trade show exclusives. Um, you look at uh, Gerard and Neil over at Jake Wyatt, right? Mm -hmm. uh, big supporters of the trade show. What I noticed this year is, maybe the last two years I noticed it, is that these these retailers who are, PC, I call them PCA old guard, who have been at this trade show and supported the organization for a while, they really started giving a look to these these smaller companies that was supporting the trade show and they're bringing them in. Mm -hmm. And I'm noticing that more and more. Um, and if anything, that's maybe something companies who if they're on the fence about going to the trade show, they should look at like companies like what Crux and Jake Wyatt are the two that come to mind, what they're doing. Um, because there is some significant buying power. I mean, these are, these are some of the bigger retailers, old garden. And I think they're looking at this and they're giving these guys a shot. Uh, before the people who aren't coming to the trade show, and I think that's a that's a that's a benefit certainly. 
I agree. And I think, you know, you hear a lot of people saying like, oh, well, you know, the big four are not at the show. Do you, you know, do you feel like smaller brands are getting more attention now because you don't have, you know, the big four there and this and right. that. And, and John and I talked about this a little bit last week. Um, I think that it's it's kind of, yes, yes, I think that there's there's brands that are getting some more attention. I think that the big four brands, they do bring in more traffic to the trade oh, show. A- oh, absolutely. And look, they're missed. I ain't going to lie missed. to you. They're total. You don't have Monte Cristo. You don't have uh, Davidoff. You don't have Liga Pravada. Um, you know, Macanudo. I mean, these are brands that are, these are iconic brands that are missed. There's no doubt they're missed. 100%. I mean, it, but the trade show has to still, still go on. So that's true. You can't. Yeah. I've heard people say, well, you know, the trade shows, yeah, they did a good job this year. I mean, for sure. Um, so, I mean, maybe on the plus side, I, I think, I think that it, I, I want them back. Uh, I think that they should be there. I think it'd be nice to see them there, but I think that in their absence, I think some of these smaller brands, like, yeah, there's maybe some more opportunity for them. I think it's going to be a little bit of a negotiation to get them back now. I don't think they're going to come running back to the trade show. Uh, I think the, you know, I think it's going to be interesting because the PC had a good trade show. I think they're going to play a little harder ball with it. I don't think they're going to, you know, I, I hopefully they, everyone negotiates in good faith, but I think it's going to be a little, I don't think it's going to be as easy as P, I, I'm hearing one to two. Well, let's be clear. One company was back at the trade show this year. STG was back. I don't care what anyone says. They were back at the trade show this year. They were very small scale with Matt Booth stuff, but they were back. I know. So Justin Andrews saying, was you know, there. Justin Andrews, Chris Tarr was there. Yep. They had product that was not uh, Room 101 product. Sancho Panza, uh, Los Tados Deluxe. They, they weren't taking orders, but neither was Michael Herklotz at Ferrio Tago last year. And he was at the one said he wasn't at the trade show. Mm-hmm. So I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I have on Cigar Coop, as far as our my coverage goes, one company has come back to the trade show already. And if they come back next year, we'll see. But but I'm on the record. That's how I'm I'm positioning it. They were back. It was just in a very limited fashion. Matt Ty, the longer they stay away, the tougher to get them back. I mean, that, there's some truth to that. Um, they, the longer they stay away, you know, they stop spending that expense. They have other avenues. They do other things. They, they do other things. Yeah. They're gonna be like, well, I mean, but the la-, you know, they'll look at it, you know, five years out. Well, the last five years we haven't been there, and our business is better than ever. Why do we need to go? Yeah. That's gonna be their argument. The, the the big story going into next year's trade show is going to be the big four coming back. I mean, we're going to see if those other three companies come back and if STG comes back and goes bigger. So I think that's going to be, as far as that's going to be the big thing leading into next year's trade show. Uh, and we'll know something, I think, probably by January on that. I think there'll be a decision made. I don't think you'll see everyone come running back, though, but, but we'll see. Personally, I feel like one name on the list that I think you can rule out indefinitely I think it's Davidoff. I think they're the least likely, and I don't – look, they pulled out of Intertabac, too. Mm-hmm. I don't think the trade show model is for them. I think it's simple as that. I, I mean, we've interviewed Dylan, the president of Davidoff in the Americas, and I don't think the trade show model works for what they're doing, which is more of an appointed merchant model. Um, I think they tried at the last trade show in 2019. They created that whole Davidoff experience, which they did a great job at. They really didn't highlight products. They highlighted more of the experience. But in the end, I don't think it, it was profitable for them to do that. So I think ultimately that's why they didn't come back. You know, when you talk about ultra-premium brands, you know, Davidoff obviously comes to mind. Um, big company, but in compared to the others, I mean, they're 
a very much more upscale brand. You know, you think Dev, White Label, you know, Oro Blanco, Royal Release. I mean, even the regular right. stuff. I mean, it, it, you know, those are some higher price point products that they have. Um, I, I, and you're right. You talk about the appointed merchant. I used to be in the jewelry business, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I, I, I learned in that business, you know, which a lot of businesses have, and it's the same in the cigar business, um, especially with watch manufacturers, right? Um, but all the all the like the, the higher end jewelry brands, it's it's kind of like the same way, like the designer brands. But like, look at Rolex for example, right? So like, I've dealt with Rolex. Um, it's the same thing. It's almost like the appointed merchant. Like they're very. It's not about like let's get everyone to carry Rolex because it's Rolex. It's like no, like if we're gonna be in your store, like it's on our it's on our terms. Like we want you know you have to carry this much stuff. Like you know yeah. you have you have to you have kind of earn that. Um, you know, you there, there can't be another Rolex dealer within so many miles. So like, even if you have another top tier, you know, watch dealer, you know, in the same, you know, whatever it is, like they maybe sell, maybe they have like multiple locations and they already carry Rolex. But if someone already has Rolex and they open up a new store, well, you can't have it because he already has it over here. So it's like it's kind of like this. Maybe it's not as exclusive, but I I understand like it, it's the the basics of the the mindset of it's like you know it, it's. It's an appointed merchant, you know. You're going to be a white label carrier. You're going to be a white label distributor, and and that's, you know, it's not just like, oh, we're opening up to everyone. It's, I, I, I think it's, I, I understand it. You know, like I know around here, I think we only have one white label distributor, and that's two guys. And I think, I like, I know Kurt carries Davidoff, and I think some other stores might have it, but I believe, and I like L J Peretti, I think is a white label. Uh, distributor, they're a big Davidoff customer, but again, I think it's like it's certain retailers, they have that bragging right. I don't think anyone can just carry it, and I think that no, know, some buy some buy indirectly too from like they can buy from other retailers. Or not true too, too, but they buy from they buy yeah. from retailers who are appointed white label distributors. Right, they they can do that. Yeah, they yes. can do that. And that's yeah. my point. Like you know, it's it's yeah. the way yeah. they the way that they open their accounts is different than I think a lot of people do. Yep. Um, so yeah, it, it will be interesting to see um, how that unfolds. Now, STG Altidus, Altidus. I th- I think that you know, like you said, you you're calling it STG was back this year. Maybe it was a good test run for them. Maybe it was a good way to fill out the waters and be like, hey, like you know, Trojan horse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew Estate. Uh, I've had some conversations with some of the guys at Drew Estate um, this year. The, the I'm not going to say who and what was said, but I will tell you that the tone of that conversation was, at at that time, was we have no interest in going to the trade show. Um, we have no. Do we just lose Coop again? That's on him. That's all on Coop. I had nothing to do with that at that time. He just bounced out on his own. Um, and he texted me. Hang on. Okay. Coop had something come up. I'm all I'm all alone now. Since he's not here, we can talk about Gabe Kapler. As far as that goes. Come on, Coop, you're hanging me out to dry. What's he doing? Ah. I'm not sure where he went. I'm not sure where he, I'm not sure where he went. Maybe he went to go uh I don't know. I don't really know what he went. You know, last time 
it was a few weeks ago. We had a show, and Coop was a half hour late. I was already here, ready to go. My cigar was already lit. I mean, people were waiting. People, hey, where's the show? And I kept calling Coop, like, where are you? Where are you? We're supposed to be on. We're late. Lo and behold, Coop was in the little boy's room, and he didn't have his phone. And uh, he came running back, and we started the show really late. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he had to make a. Maybe he had to make a run. I don't know. Let's take guesses. Let's take guesses. Where do we think Coop went that he had to dramatically leave in the middle of a dialogue and he had to let me know, like, hey, hang on. Let's, uh, let's see. I don't know. Let's, who wants to take guesses? Let's see. What, what do we got? What do we got? Dan Thompson, you're not alone. We are listening. Oh, I know everyone's still listening. They're just listening to me up here by myself. <laughs> Mitchell says Cooper is in the pooper. <sighs> that's, that's possible. Um... Nicole says I can see that too. Maybe he had, maybe it was just one of those uh, it was just one of those runs. He just had to he just had to stop what he was doing and go. Uh, Alex says bidding on the NFT. I don't think so. I don't think Coop loves the NFT enough to spend that kind of money on it. Um, time time will tell though. Uh, I don't think I don't think that's likely though. If it was a a NFT that hates on Gabe Kapler or Matt Lafleur. Uh, yeah, Coop would be all in. Coop would spend a hundred grand to to own something that publicly shames Gabe Kapler, like Gabe Kapler nudes or something like that. Like it's an NFT. Oh yeah, so, or, or some kind of blackmail. Yeah, sure. I, he would he would remortgage his house to have that because he would want to be able to publicly shame Gabe Kapler. Um, his connection, possibly. Uh, his, his feed was a little choppy. Uh, let's see. Jay Davis. Coop had to kill Colonel Mustard. In the parlor with candlestick. Oh, here he comes. All right, let's find out. Oh. All right, Coop. So while you were away, we were trying to figure out where you went. We had ah uh, the 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 router was tripped. Was <laughs> happened so uh, I had to go. Uh, Nicole got it. His connection. Yeah, it wasn't the connection. It was the router actually, which was better. We had that you were. We had that you ran to the bathroom. We had that you were bidding on the NFT. Jay Davis said uh, Coop had to go kill Colonel Mustard in the parlor with. <laughs> well, the, 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 there was a little bio break, but no, it was the router. Was happening, so I had to like. Wait, so you're telling did. me that in addition, you said, "Well, I might as well seize the opportunity to go take a leak." Yeah. What a dick. But, <laughs> no, but no, the router was the it was a router. It took it. Yeah. So, um, it was it, like I lost the internet the other night on the show, but but I just saw the router connection go, and I was like, and I hear. Oops, I hit his big oops. I'm like, oh, you're still on? I'm like, yeah. So uh, I guess why you see my screen probably a little grainy right now, too. Uh, Mitch, Mitch Can of expired Diet Coke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not far-fetched. Coop loves his Diet Coke. And Nicole's, yeah. I win. <laughs> I, I, still, I still have some here, so. Oh, there you go. I see. Non-caffeinated Diet Coke, too. The gold cake. Non-caffeinated, yes. So, uh, yeah, I have to get up tomorrow. So uh, it's not Tomorrow's expired. Sunday. It goes. God's day. Yeah, I have to do. I have to do. Some, I have to. Do, yeah, I have to do a few things tomorrow in the morning. So, but uh, right. you know, it won't be up till like three in the morning tonight. That's uh, insane. Uh, Capital of Floor, boy. Capital of Floor twenty twenty four. For what? President? It might be an improvement. <laughs> um, Matt Ty. Can, uh, yeah, are you talking about for president? Or what do we? I, I assume so, but he'll have to elaborate on that. You know, I mean, I'm gonna make you a T-shirt. And it's gonna say, um, "I love Gabe Kapler," and then I won't wear it. I'm wait, not gonna wait, wear it. Though. Wait, wait, wait. Dot dot dot. And then on the back, so when people first see, it, they go, "Oh yeah, yeah." And then you turn around, and it'll be like, "Because I like to hate on him," or be, or I love Gabe Kapler. Dot dot dot. Because I'm his biggest troll. On the back, you know what I'm saying. So 
it'll be like, oh, he let, but then you turn around and it's like, oh, it's the hate. So that way you kind of trick people into thinking you do like them, but the message is there, you know. I have your yeah. Impeach Manfred shirt. I wear that. Yeah, it's a great shirt. Boy, he's a disaster, but, uh, but, um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what were we talking about, Coop? Because you ruined this. So you we were talking about, we, we, uh, I apologize. Uh, again, it was out of my control. But uh, Don't we were talking worry about, about Davidoff coming back to the trade show and stuff. And then you got the Drew State. You just started talking about Drew State when I got disconnected. Oh, yeah, no. So, I mean, I had some conversations with some folks at Drew Estate, and I'm not going to say, like, the specifics, but the tone that I got from that conversation was that we have no interest in coming back. Now, I think it's one of the things with Drew Estate, though, that sets them apart, and we've talked about this before. Um, they've done a really good job of rolling out their new products with, like, the Freestyle Live. They have their Barn Smoker events. They have some other stuff that they do. And I think they're looking at it from a standpoint of, like, well, you know, I mean, I, I know it's not the only thing. I, I, there's some other things involved with Drew Estate especially. Um, but I think part of it is to, like, you know, why are we spending the money to go to the trade show? We, we invest our money into all these other events. Um that we can connect with consumers and we can roll out products and stuff like that without having to, you know, go to Vegas, fly everyone out there, have the giant booth. Now, they one could say, well, then don't bring the entire team and don't have such a big booth. But, but then again, when I tell you you need to display products a certain way, you need to have the bigger booth and more extravagant booths at times. I mean, maybe you go do Perdomo. They do a beautiful job with their booths. But, yeah, you have that medium. But, yeah, I could, you could – and then if you have less people, you know, does that work? Um, you know, Nicole was just at the Connecticut Barn Smoker, right? I know she you were was. telling me that. She was. And, uh, and again, he probably saw about, probably saw how they're doing the whole product, and you know, the, the engagement model and the activation stations. I think that's what they're looking to do. I think that's the channel they're looking to go down. And instead of putting everything into the retail channel, look at some of these other channels, like the consumer engagement channel, and go down that road. And I think... I think they are down that road a little already, and if they go back to – it doesn't mean they're not going to go back to the trade show, but it's going to change some things. Uh, and that change, you know, now – remember they used to do the, the press release takeovers, the GE takeovers, hmm. where you get like 10 press releases in a row? Yeah. They changed it this year, and now they're kind of going to this, this – uh, hey, we're going to announce a cigar on this date. And, oh, by the way, we'll ship you the cigar ahead of time in this Freestyle Life kit where you get some swag. And – They've created excitement around the last three releases with this. There's no question about it. Um, you know, Underground 10, the uh, 20 Acre Farm, and the uh, Nico Rustio Adobe. So, I mean, it's obviously something that's working for them. Yeah, we had uh, Willie Herrera from, from Drew Estate on this week. You know, a lot of people, you know, Drew Estate fans, you know, Willie Herrera, Herrera is the league. Yeah. Uh, he's worked on Legal Pravada, uh, Master Blender. Um, and Nicole was on that show and show, you know, talked about the barn smoker and and uh the experience that she had so she she did barn smoker i did florida um you know and i wanted to go i got my dates mixed up i was supposed to go i got my dates mixed up and then i was like ah shit so she's like it's okay i'll do barn smoker and i'll go so we, we smoke and tobacco still has someone there and she she took a lot of photos and got some content there we're going to share that later um mm -hmm. as we get through that but yeah i mean she the overall was like yeah this is a really cool event and she would go again and, yeah, I'm going. Um, to, I'm going to Kentucky in uh, September. Uh, yeah, I'm real. I, I, I don't think I'll make it to that one. I really want to, but I don't think I'll make it to that. But I'm definitely interested in that one as well. 
Um, but you're right. It, it's it's a it's a nice way to get really engaged with the consumer. They learn something, and like Willie was saying, he goes not everyone can come down and do a cigar safari down in Nicaragua. Um, so it's nice to kind of give them like a little sampling of what going down to a farm is like, and they can learn something too about the tobacco and like things that are aged and and, and the processes and and, and and things like that. Uh, it, it's a very I think it's a very well executed concept and then they have multiple locations so it's like the same quote unquote event but each location it's a completely different experience because you're looking at different things different processes it's a different area you know Kentucky Barn Smoker you got the Kentucky Fire Cured you go up to Connecticut you know you're looking at you know the Broadleaf and the H99 tobaccos you go down to Florida you see the Florida Sun Grown stuff um, there's one in Pennsylvania and yep. is there another one? They used to have Louisiana. They didn't do Louisiana this year. Okay. Uh, because I think they're doing that Dallas, which is not really a barn smoker. They're doing more the party in Dallas. The D25? Yeah, kind of a smaller scale party than they originally had planned. Because um, the, yeah, the pre-party at the barn smokers was like a D25 thing, too. Yeah, they, that's what they're doing. Each of the barn smokers has a D25 pre-party. I didn't go to, when I was in Orlando, I didn't go to the pre-party. I am going to the pre-party in Kentucky. Yeah, Nicole went to the pre-party in Connecticut. Uh, they had the DE25 uh, samplers, the boxes. So she yep. got she got those um, and the cigars for that. Then the next day she goes to Barn Smoker and she got all the cigars from that too. So, I mean, yeah, it's a pretty cool experience. I mean, it, there's a lot involved in that. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. It's a cool – I mean, like I've gone to most of them for the past few years, so I've seen this thing evolve. Um, and – you know what? You, if you saw you saw a little bit mad at the Great Smoke with some of the activation stations they had there with the games, uh, they make it yes. interactive. They make it fun. Um, and they had more of that at the barn. I'm, I'm sure Nicole told you or is you know gonna you know has stuff to talk about with that. It, it was really cool to see that um, that concept. Um, and uh, always like, or I've I've never gone to anyone but Orlando because that's the easiest one for me to get to. But hmm. Uh, you know, it's Jeff. Jeff's there too, and you know, Jeff just loves what he's doing on the farm there, and that makes it even better. So, uh, and everyone gets involved with it. It's it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Nicole had a great time. Um, she talked about the activation stations and the games and stuff like that, and that was kind of cool. Um, the food was a hit too. Not, I mean, not the the food. They do good. They do a good job with the food. Yeah. So Nicole used to live out in Western Massachusetts, near near the Connecticut border, and so there's a there's a barbecue place in Connecticut that she used to go to all the time, and they did the catering. So she was like, oh, I oh know. wow. She's like, I know this place. It's gonna be good. So she goes there. She ate at Barn Smoker, and then on her way back, she stopped at the location and brought back a bunch of food. Um, so like, she had a great time. It was a great experience. You know, she drove out there. She spent the night. Um, the only thing is, she <laughs> she didn't. She didn't, um, I don't think she didn't realize, but she just, I, I don't, she got there and she was like all dressed up for the day. And she was like, yeah, um, I'm going to have to change because she texted me. She's like, so I like wore a dress. She's like, I'm going to have to change because I need to put on sneakers and something more comfortable for walking around in the field all day. And I was like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. It's probably a good idea. Yeah. I mean, post cigars <laughs> the same way is what other, I'll tell you. I, I, other than that, she had a great time. But, but here, here's the little thing I'll tell you. When you go to the factories down in the other countries, typically they don't like you wearing shorts and cutoffs or things like that. They kind of like to have you dress comfortable but presentable. 
Um, I've been told that, you know, don't don't go in like you just came off the street kind of a look. Um, that's, that's just something I've been told. Uh, you don't have to, obviously, you don't have to wear a suit and tie or a dress, but, uh, you know, that comfortable. And she just reminded me, too, that and uh, there was a giant dust bowl there, too, so that, that didn't help either. That's a you know what's really cool about the Connecticut River Valley. Um, and I'm sure you guys have been there more than me, but the farms are like, like literally, you walk a few, you walk a couple blocks, and you're in the town. <laughs> like it's the, um, as opposed to where Jeff's farm is, it's in the middle of like nowhere in Central Florida. Um, no, I mean it's it's still pretty secluded. Uh, we went I, to a couple with General, and they were literally right off the street, like, and there was a shopping center a block away. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 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 No. I mean, uh, Nicole. Nicole was. Um, Nicole was saying that this. This was pretty. Uh, it was pretty secluded. Uh, I actually. Okay. Have, I haven't been myself actually. Um, but she. She was there. I thought she was saying like, yeah, no, it was kind of like, you know, by itself. Um, wow. But yeah, no. I mean, I, I, but I haven't been to any of them. Um, I was supposed to go last year. Then they got canceled again. Um, then this year I was supposed to go, and I got my dates mixed. I thought it was this weekend for some reason, and so when I decided to to go down to Florida, I was like, yeah, yeah. And then after I already booked everything, and it was like, it was like the beginning of last week or whatever. I was like, oh shit, that's this weekend. Yeah. And she's like, no, it's okay. I'll I'll go anyway. And I'm like, okay, yeah. you sure? And she's like, yeah, I'll go. And yep. she went and she did the whole thing, and it yep. was awesome. Yeah, she said it was still 20 minutes from Hartford, so I mean, it, it's not. Two out of the way, but I mean, I don't think it was ne next to a shopping center, like you were saying. <laughs> no, but it was. It was. I'm telling you, it was. It was a couple farms we went, and they weren't in the middle of nowhere. But uh, these were general; they weren't with Drew, so they're probably different farms. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not the only farm there, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was. It sounds like it was a good time. I know she has some photos. Um, I don't know where they are. She's like, yeah, they're on the computer, but I don't know where they are. So. Um, that was that was definitely and. Uh, I should have thought of that. I should have had her maybe try to come on the show, but I, she could have talked about that a little bit more. But yeah, no, I mean that was that was really cool. Um, and if you didn't see our show with Willie on the Smoking Tobacco Show this week, go and check that out. Uh, that is up everywhere now on podcast platforms and our YouTube channel, so uh, you can check that out. It was kind of a quick show. He 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 had a tight schedule constraint, but we were able to cram it down. And there was so much more I wanted to get into with him, but I was I was trying to keep it quick so to speak. Uh -huh. um, not everyone does three and a half hour shows. So, no, you know, I keep getting that reputation. We did, but the Bears only does the four hour shows. Yeah, but you've, you've, you've done, you've done, a, you've done a, a good amount of them too. We've done, we've done, not a good amount, but I haven't done, he's done a lot longer. I mean, he did a five hour show, by the way. Who did he do a five hour show with? He had, he had the guys on who used to be with Cigar Federation and they were doing this pairing show. And I think they did three different pairings. So it took five hours. So the story, I never forget the story. Uh, you know, Bear Show comes on at 1030 at night. Uh, and on Sunday. Sunday night. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my son, Peter, uh, we had to, he was moving the next day, right? And we had to get up and pick up a, uh, a rider rental truck at like four, in the, like four in the morning. They had an automated way to do it. So I got up at like three in the morning and they're still going at it. They were still on the air at three in the morning. Wow! It was like, they were still live. So, <laughs> so like I, 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 it was an amazing thing. Oh, I found the photos from the barn smoker. Here we go. 
I couldn't find them because they weren't labeled Barnes Bar. They were labeled like with the memory card name. Um, all right, so let's see what we got here. So, da 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 da. -da. Okay, so I think these were the activation stations. I'll bring this up. Yep, those are them. There they are. Yep. So that's from the, the key thing is don't. Smoker. The key thing is never wait online, guys. You never have to wait online for an activation station. So you find at least crowded one and do it that way. Wait, wait, wait till the crowd clears. I think she uh, said she yeah. made it to all of them except for one, just because the by, by the time she got to it, the line was so long. It was towards the end of the day, and she was like, uh, "But she pretty much hit every single booth." Well, good. Yeah, I, I, uh, and you get cigar, you get more cigars at those booths too. By the way. So. Yeah, she came home with a lot of stuff. I'm, I was like, wow, this is. Yeah, cool. then then they have the option to buy the buy option, which is really cool. You get you know, it's like ten dollars. You get like really rare, Drew Estate stuff. Now here's a photo she took, and I remember her saying that this was all the H99 tobacco. Interesting. Which was kind of. That's where it is. That's where it is. Yeah, that's it. Yep. That's weird how it's aging on in the barn with the stuff hanging. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. If someone's seen that before, I have not seen it like that before. Usually that stuff ages is in bales separately. So maybe they were packing it up at that point. There's another photo she took inside yeah, the barn. Yeah, it's so cool to watch the tobacco like uh, go through that initial uh, aging. You know, just drying, I should say, curing. Yeah, in the curing barn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, yeah it, it's really cool. And again, this is kind of where it goes back to the whole, like, it's a very, this is a cool thing for the average consumer to go to, right? I mean, not, right. Uh, most of them don't get to see this on a regular scale. It's like, you know, you go to the store, you buy the scars, maybe you do an event, you get to meet people and hear about it, but you don't really get to go to the farm and see it. Um, yes. Especially, like, you know, the... The big farms down in like the Dominican, Nicaragua, Honduras. I mean, right. most people don't get to experience that, and it is—it's cool, and it's—it's it's, and it's like you're, yeah. you're like wow, and but this is like like Willie said, this is a nice little like sampling of like this is what it's like. Um, yeah, it, that's cool. exactly how I would say. Yeah, and it's really cool to like I said to see that. Um, I don't know if she saw any of the the stalk cut tobacco, but that's you know something you don't see down in Central America a lot of. That's pretty cool to see. Was Bob the is Bob the cigar? You see that thing? Can you go back to that picture? Yeah, yeah. I was hanging out with Bob the cigar guy at that like that little station, uh, in the front there in Orlando. <laughs> he was just kind of volunteering and helping them out. And he goes, "Hey, you?" Want? And I was just like tired. I said, "It was a cool place to smoke." <laughs> so he was guarding all the stuff. Bob the cigar guy. You cool guy, Bob. I thought I heard a rumor that at the Florida barn smoker, um, um, Kevin Shahan actually was was helping out at some of the booths too. He was uh it was kinda helping out behind the scenes. Um, I don't know if he was, but I wouldn't be surprised. And this is what's really cool. A lot of the guys they just will pick it up and help. Uh I've seen it at a lot of these events, um and uh, I've seen it at like Abe's event. You know, people just come in and, and they'll help out. Um which is you know, it's, and they don't ask for anything in return. <coughs> uh for it. And I believe I believe that, that probably was the case. That good, last for that. Hey, good for them. I know Bob does it, and he just likes doing it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you have fun doing it, why not? You know, this was at the yeah. uh, the acid booth. Yep. They had a giant sign. Everyone was signing acid. They had Eli the DJ in the background. Here. Yeah, they're, they're on, on the one in Orlando, there's a rumor-free season free on it. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah, that's how I always that's how I always sign it. Yeah. D- do you also sign it? I hate Gabe Kapler. Or no. Come on, don't lie. No hell. <laughs> don't sneak it in there like I hate Gabe Kapler. No, you got to keep it positive. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do yeah. hate him, but 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 that's not like I have other forms to do that with. I'll use my form to do it. There was more photos. There was a photo that she showed me. Oh, I think it's this one. Kind of shows the whole field. And so yeah, here's what's amazing. No, go ahead. These are small farms. These are small farms. Because when you go to like Placencia's farms or um, uh, um, Perdomo, like per, you'll see how massive those farms are. And these look big. That's the funny thing. Is these, I'm calling these small. These are still pretty big farms. When you go like to Perdomo, uh, uh, Finca Natalie, it's like, wow. Like, oh, yeah, I know. It's massive. Massive, yeah. Here's another one with the curing barns kind of in the background, really up close. Yeah, yeah, those long curing barns, yeah. Which, see, Jeff has less, Jeff only has like one or two of them. He, he has a lot less, you know, because he grows a lot less tobacco. So this is d- definitely a bigger scale than what you'll see at, at Jeff's farm. Right. Yeah. But Jeff's farm has a real nice intimacy to it, too, is what I'll say. It's very intimate. So it's, it's kind of fun to be there. Is he still doing the, um, I know that he has cattle down on his farm that he eventually mm-hmm. slaughters and he, and he, I think he sells the beef or he, he does, he does um, events with it. He does something with it. Yeah, he does do like other types of farming there besides tobacco. Yeah, he's got a whole thing down there. He's got he's, like a like a military a, a combine far- that he drives around. Yeah, his son his son's now very active with it. You know, it's um, I remember one year his son was helping people get out of the mud <laughs> because it rained so hard. The parking lot's just a, a a dirt field that got muddy. Yeah, so cool event. Yeah. Those yeah. are some of the no. photos. There's more photos, yeah. but those, those are kind of the highlights uh, from yeah. Foster Farms. Nicole put it right in there. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, definitely, uh, if you folks haven't gotten to a barn smoker, uh, I really encourage everyone uh, to check it out. Uh, even if you're not a cigar enthusiast, uh, you know, uh, my wife didn't come with me to barn smoker this year, but uh, it was not because she didn't want to. We, we had, we have all of our kids. Like, when we go to Florida, it's the time we get everyone together, so... She was doing what, like hosting everyone, so it was kind of tough. Oh yeah, obviously. I mean, it's yeah. Well, I did, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to hit really, everything, and it's educational. That's what's really good. It's a it's a great. You're gonna learn something out of there. Uh, you're gonna have fun. Uh, that Jerusalem makes it fun. You learn something, and uh, you know, it's, like I said, you you want to go back, which is and I and I can say I've only been to Orlando, but I've heard all of these have a different flair to it. So yeah, and and I think that's what makes them special is that it's you you know you can go to all of them. And like you went to all the barn smokers, but it's not like you went to the same party every time. You you went to a different place. Yeah. It was a different. Ex- it's the same concept, but you got something different every time. Um, yeah. So it's cool. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really the party guy, but um, you know, I think it's important to have a party. So I don't. Yeah. You know, um. But yeah, Joe, I didn't go to the one. There was a little mix-up why I didn't go to the one in Orlando, but I'm going to one in Kentucky. Yeah, I'll be really excited to see um, what you thought of that and your experience because, um, you know, talking to Willie about it a little bit and getting the process of the – so you do the whole um, – the fire-cured process. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, you walk the whole thing. So, you know, you get to go there and you get to fire, see that. Yeah, and I've seen it on a small scale. Uh, they Drew State years ago, uh, when they were first getting into fire-cured, showed us a little bit of it. Uh, they had a demo set up. This was on the uh, Cigar Safari. 
this is on a much bigger scale, I've been told, that they do this. Um, and I'm really interested in this because, you know, and I've been talking, you know, I, I want to go to Italy to see actually what they do at the Toscana factory at some point. Um, that would be really cool, yeah. I've actually talked to Michael about it. Like, it's just something I would like to fund. I'll fund it myself. Uh, it will give us an excuse to go to Italy. But, you know, I, you know, but I think it would be really cool to see because it's so different. That's a very – when you see fire curing versus the air curing, it's very different. Um, so – it, it, you know that some most of the stuff I see is air cured. I've only seen the fire cured, like I said, once. Yeah, talking to Willie about it. I, I to be honest with you, I wasn't exactly sure how it was done, but you know, Willie kind of gave us a nice little. Uh, it's a smoldering, little smoldering heat they have. Like, I have a video somewhere on the Coop uh, channel that showed it. I filmed it, yeah, but it's very, it's a very small scale one. So it's not indicative of like a, a full scale like they have in the Kentucky and the Tennessee. Some barns actually, like some of the fire cured tobacco in Kentucky is actually grown in Tennessee. Too. People don't realize that either. Hmm. Yeah, because that's, it's like that southern Kentucky, northern Tennessee border. It's also bourbon country. Yeah. And, and whiskey yeah, country. Yeah. It's whiskey well, country, I, Tennessee and Kentucky. but Yeah, I mean, obviously Louisville is more in that area, which is a little further north. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly a big part of the, the subculture down there, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, Willie was talking to us about it, too, about, you know, they, they start the big fire outside, and then they, they kind of bring in the the hot smoldering pieces, and they and they put it in the barn, and then they shut the barn, and they just trap it all in there, and they just let it smolder and smoke hey, out. Hey, that's exactly what they do. That's yeah. exactly what they do. Yep. So it's a very cool concept. I mean, maybe you're not into, you know, maybe you're not into Kentucky fire-cured tobacco, but the process is still pretty remarkable. You know, the brown label of the Pappy Van Winkle, the barrel fermented is the best fire cured tobacco cigar done probably until I had the Toscano uh, Master, the Master Age. Age. The yeah. Master Age was really good. Um, they knocked it out. Like, that, I have to, I actually have some reviews I'm coming up with that. That could be a surprise cigar this year for, for me. Uh, oh, what I said is like, that, that Pappy Van Winkle that Drew does and that Master Age, that's Kentucky fire cured done right. <laughs> You know, doing chicken right, they do. That's how fire cured is done right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I will agree. The Pappy Van Winkle is, is a very good one. Um, you know, and it's one of my favorites. Whenever I go to a lounge and it's around and it's out there, I yeah. I just I smoked a pig. Of, I just smoked one of the pigs of those. Actually, it was really good. I have one of those actually. Yeah. I have one. Yeah, I've been meaning to yeah. smoke it too. I gotta light that good, up. Good, good cigar. Yeah, I, got, I think I got it from the. You probably got it from the barn smoker, right? No, I've had it for uh, a little while. Okay, because they gave they gave it out to barn smoker in Florida. That's how I got mine. Oh, nice. Okay, no, I and mean, they yep. they handed some of them out, um, at the barn smoker. So she she did get some of those. Oh, yep. and, I, yep. and I had some others already, but yep. uh, I had I had a friend give me the pig one a, a little yep. while ago. I've just yep. I've had it and I forgot about it. But yeah, yep. no, I mean it's they are great cigars. Um, the whole experience is cool. I I still want to go down and 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 see one of them for myself. Uh, but I'm really glad Nicole got to go and and have the experience. And it sounds like she had an amazing time. So. Yeah, really I'm actually. Yeah, like I said, uh, I just there's nothing like being on those farms, uh, especially when you go to Central America. But even like I said, it's just great when you can go to experience it right in your home country. You know, you don't have to get on a plane and go to customs. It's it's nice to deal with that. So, um, and they say really they they create a whole experience around it. And you know, like I said, they, they've evolved this thing over the years. But even in the first years they were doing it, it was still a great event. So no one's disappointed coming out of a barn smoker. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great things, so I look yeah. forward to going in the future. Um, other than that, 
I think those were the, the biggest topics I wanted to cover tonight. Um, yeah, it was, was a good show. Uh, we like had a lot was, to catch up. I feel like there was one other thing. Check on my, uh, check on my news really quick. No, I thought there was one more thing, but I think that's it. Yep. <sighs> well, it was, uh, it was a great show. I mean, we had some ups, we had some downs. Um, yep, a little Coop. down. Sorry about that. What happened here? But uh, Coop we ran had, away. Uh, sometimes. Well, no, they recycled the router is the problem. They didn't realize I was doing something tonight. Because I'm in the studio here, and they're they're upstairs, so. Yeah. No, I hear you. No, it's fine. I had to run and, yeah. and, and trap trap whatever the hell that thing was. Cause I was yeah, yeah, we both had it, right? Well, <laughs> honestly, the, the, the sound was just annoying because, like, I, like, the mic probably wouldn't pick it up, but I was just like, what the fuck it, is that If you buzzing? heard, if I open these doors and you hear it, it's it's bad. I mean, it's it's deafening at some point. Um, we hear it at night, actually, trying to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It was annoying. I was just like, damn, yeah. what the hell is that? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I um that was it. That was really everything I wanted to cover. A lot of a lot of stuff to cover. L F D, um, Liana. Obviously, you know, we, we touched on the trade show again as we always seem to do. Uh, and I biggest, got to cover the barn smoker. Bomber. Um I got to cover the, the barn smoker a little bit. I know Nicole went, but you know, we, we still covered it a little bit. Maybe one of these times I can I can get yeah. her on here to, to talk with us more. It'd be nice. I want Nicole to come on to to more of these, but um, yeah, see. and the barn smoker is tough to do. Like interview, we we actually did an interview one man from the barn smoker with Bear. It was very hard to do it. I'll tell you that because um, you're outside and stuff like that. So it's uh, and it's muddy. So sometimes so. Yeah, no, I get it. It's it's tough. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to do any kind of show outside of your studio. It's. Yeah. yeah. Any area interviews in general, you have a lot of you know. Other than the trade show, and even then, sometimes it's tricky. But um, other than that, I think that's going to do it. We uh, mm-hmm. we had a great show tonight, a lot of fun. I went into it with a lot of energy. I had some uh, I had some uh, some, some cafe cubano before the show, and uh, now I'm I'm wearing out. I, and, that's uh, why I say diet coke. You're pretty caffeine free, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Diet diet coke, uh, diet coke all the yep. way, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. That'll be good. Uh, anything you uh, you want to announce before we wrap up? Uh, we have no primetime shows this week. I have some, uh, uh, things I'm traveling and stuff. So, um, we do have a show Monday. We're doing uh, Jukebox 77. We're continuing the Rolling Stone Top 500 list. Um, and then we are getting into a series of, uh, back to our regular schedule again the following week. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Absolutely. Guys, don't forget to check out cigar-coop.com. As always, show Coop some love. Uh, don't forget to check out our episode with Willie Herrera from earlier this week. As I said before, it is it is up everywhere. Um, and we're finishing up PCA coverage this week of the videos, guys, on Coop. That's a big one. Yeah. So. <laughs> All of our videos are up and out. Um, I'm just trying to get finished up on the written pieces. Um, it's just, you know, things come up. And then, you know, I've, I've been really busy with the NFT thing, so it, it kind of sent me back some more. And then I was traveling. So we're trying to wrap those up. Uh, but other than that, you know, d- definitely check that out. Don't forget to like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and everywhere you can find your podcast, wherever you, whatever platform you listen to them on, you can find us there. And as always, visit SmokingTobacco.com for more news and updates from the cigar industry, the LFD NFT, and our PCA 2022 coverage. And with that, we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Take care. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.